the Pilot TV podcast this week, we're breaking the curse with Big Tom Davis, who also joins Boydie on the show later on. Plus, we're back on the nines with Steve Pemberton and Reese Shearsmith for Inside Number 9, both of whom are also ensnared by Boydie this week. And we go back to witness the rise and fall of East Germany in the true story of Sam Mifira in Sam, a Saxon on Disney+. Plus. I'm James Dyer, and welcome to the Pilot TV podcast, your essential guide to every show that matters. And... Honestly, I had a whole thing that I was going to run a gag about how there's a new Section 31 thing and it involves Michelle Yeoh and it's a Star Trek Discovery spinoff, but we can't really talk about it because it's actually a film and not TV show. But I'm not going to do it. And the reason is because it took me 18 attempts to get that intro right, simply because, yes, listeners, the AC is fucked again. It is 40 degrees around about in the studio. We have two fans going, which is the rumbling noise that you'll be hearing in the background. Now, we're going to use a little noise gate, which might cut that out, but if it doesn't, that's what it is. We are only fans in here, which is entirely my joke, and in no way case <laughs> so that bad. I stole and have just passed off as my own. Awful. It's very warm, guys. It's very mm. warm. And How do you feel about the second ever swimsuit edition of the Pilot TV podcast? Absolutely you, not. You enjoying it? I'm fully against it. It's like Sports I've... Illustrated yeah. front cover, <laughs> you're just featuring James Dyer that's right. in his... In his... Speedos. I'm in my cozy. Boyd's in his cozy. Yeah. I've actually got an aerated shirt on. So. You do have an aerated yeah. shirt. That's yeah. what you need to do. You have need Boyd to have Boyd has an R-rated shirt. <laughs> yeah. Um, you knew, didn't you, Kay? You had full warning. Mm. That James the, yesterday said yeah. to me, oh, I think the, yeah. the aircon's I was not fucked. told. I was not told. So I did not prepare. Whereas you, as you say, <laughs> wearing a thin thin layer of, uh, of I thought, clothing. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm fine. I've stripped down to my T-shirt. This time next week, by the time listeners are listening to this, I will be in the sweltering heat of Los Angeles. You will. So this Wait is quite minute, good for me to get Let used to Let me just get my little um, violin out for you. No, no, I'm oh. complaining. I'm celebrating. I'm saying this is a good, you know, grounding for me to get used to the heightened temperatures that I'll be experiencing in California. Yeah. So when you're on this massive week-long jolly, sorry, 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 essential <laughs> features assignment for Heat Magazine, uh, what, what presents are you going to bring back? What what cakes, what sweets, um, what things are you going to bring back yes, for me and Kate? James. I'll bring something back, yeah. Can we play some orders? or What kind of orders? Depends what they are. Mm. Let's, James and I are going to work out what we want. Yeah, what do we want? Because yeah. that's the thing, because Americans can't do chocolates. No, they can't. They can do sweets. Cakes won't survive the journey back. So we can't no. do cakes. No. Maybe Pie, some shopping. Ditto. Some just a, yeah, dress. A, a new TV. Whatever yeah. you like. Yeah. Yeah. Why okay. Not? I'm going to decide between yeah. shopping or something edible. Oh, we'll come, we'll come up with a list, Boydie, okay. and we will uh, look forward to that. We will send it your way. Okay. So that you can, you know. And you have to stay in touch. <laughs> well, um, yeah, I am in touch. Yeah, I will be in touch. You know, I'm working. I'll be, I'll be recording episodes of this very podcast that out that, there. That is true. So you're mocking Boydie. You know me, I never, ever absent myself. That's from actually true. This Mm-hmm. Such is my commitment to the pilot television podcast. It doesn't even know the name. I'm never away. <laughs> we this is our two hundred and thirty-third episode. Wow. And Boyd has not missed a single one. Yeah. Not just one. He's a legend. Yeah. Um, are you gonna say why you're away or are you just gonna be mysterious? Well, James said I'm on assignment. I'm on doing Yeah, but a, you're gonna say what? Or? Yeah, I'm gonna go and see the last ever late, late show with James Corden. Fan of this podcast. Absolutely fan of this podcast. Um, You've got the golden ticket, Boydo. It is. It is in many ways a ticket of gold. Yeah, <laughs> I can't wait to see. I'll be so I'll be hanging out in the studio in the CBS studio with Harry Styles. Oh my god, Harry Styles. Will Ferrell will be there. Are you, um, you going to pronounce his name like that when you meet him? Will Ferrell? Ferrell. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's Ferrell. Ferrell. <laughs> I'm thinking of Ferrell Williams. You call yeah, him whatever you want. Will whatever you want. Uh, will the Funster Ferrell? Yeah, and more. Yes, yes. Let's can't just wait. dwell on Harry Styles for a bit. 
Let's not. I'm excited about that. Let's not. Do you, are you aware of Harry Styles, James? I, I know who he is. Yeah. Okay. He's uh, the chap from uh, oh. uh, Don't Worry Darling. <laughs> That's what he's famous for, isn't it? That's right. Yeah. That's undeniable. Undeniably. Yeah. Undeniably true. Um, okay. Good. Fine. <laughs> this has been great. Uh, Shall we get into what we've been watching this week? By golly, yes. Because there's actually quite a lot to talk about across a wide variety of things. Does anyone want to go first? Is it going to be me? Yeah, go on, James. Where are you stuck? Because usually yeah. you end up going last. Uh, it's Your spiel of fantasy-based sci-fi. <laughs> things you can't tell us what they are and alluding oh, to. Well, not that again. I can talk about everything I've seen oh, this week. Oh, good. So, so many, books. many years ago, many years ago, when we reviewed The Terminal List, and you guys sort of poo-pooed me for what you said, watching all of a terrible show instead of just a couple of episodes. And I told you recently, I went back and I watched an episode, an early episode of, of Terminal List, you know, on the way, when I was stuck on the platform, when I was trying to get home. I'd never actually truthfully finished the Terminal List. I'd never got to the end of it because I'd got swept away. Who I started again. I watched the whole thing through. I had a great time. A great Who's time. Who's in it again? It's the one with Chris Pratt. It's Pratt. got Taylor Kitsch in it as well. Pratt. Kitsch. Yeah, Taylor yeah. Kitsch. It's, 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 I mean, it's something. It's like I said before, it's incredibly earnest. Is it good? <laughs> no, no, it's not. But I really enjoyed it. And like, there's a, I have to say, I have to say, the, the twist at the end is so fucking stupid. <laughs> like, it's so, 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 so stupid. But. Didn't make you angry, stupid. Right at the end. You mean you had to go through how many episodes together? I think it's, is it, I think it's eight. I think it's eight uh, episodes, eight hours of and the it, And the list. twist is right at the end, is it? It's, 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 I quite yeah. like stupid twists, so I might have to. It's quite it. stupid. Oh, it's okay. quite stupid. But I, uh, yeah, so, so I watched all of the terminal list. That was, uh, that was giggle. And then, Listeners who do not subscribe to Pilot Plus, and if you don't, then why not? It's only one ninety nine a month, which would not even buy you a Toblerone in today's economy. So it seems like an excellent use of money to me. But but if you don't subscribe to Pilot Plus, you will not know that on last week's Pilot Plus on Thursday, the show that we reviewed because it was embargoed was Netflix's The Diplomat, <laughs> and we all talked about this quite a lot. Yes, and Kay and I very rapidly became obsessed yeah. with this show. I have watched every episode me of too. The Diplomat, as has Kay. <sighs> I loved it. I loved it too, James. I loved, <laughs> I loved it. it. And it's so deranged at times. I wanted to... Uh, it's so annoying because we can't really talk about it. You don't mm. want to spoil it. But mm. I've got so much to say. So do I. So do I. just, I. I just really... have to do a spoiler special. We should. We should do a I mean, I spoiler special. Myself, I just but... really love it. And I'm just obsessed with the relation, the main relationship. Yep. And also the, the little relationships on the side. Yep. Obsessed with Kerry Russell, Rufus Sewell. It's just like, oh God. I don't know who I fancy more out to them. I've got crushes on both. I mean, that's fair. That yeah. is entirely fair. I love the relationship between the CIA station yeah. chief and her chief of staff, who does the most magnificent kind of passive aggressive eye rolls. Yeah. Uh, I love everyone is. I think David Gassi, Carnival Rose, David Gassi, who plays the uh, the foreign secretary. He's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, he is good. I, 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 everyone in this. Rory Kinnear, who plays the prime minister, also great. I Rory just, Kinnear's always brilliant. So much fun with this series. The president, the actual president. The actual president. Michael McKean. Michael McKean. But I needed, oh, do we know if it's getting a second series? That has just suddenly got louder, hasn't it? It has. Yeah. Oh, it stopped. Okay. The fan just got louder. That's listeners, weird. Did you actually tell the listeners that we've got fans on? By yeah, yeah I did. I did that. Did yeah. So joke, long ago. I don't know why the fans suddenly got louder. I don't know what, what was going on there. Well. It's not going to chop off Boyd's head, is it? No. I mean, it might do. It might, might add for a little bit of visual interest. This is his podcast. last episode. Why, but, didn't you get, why didn't you get that lady from ex West Wing writer who. Deborah Khan. That's the one. To uh, do, yeah, come on and do Get Deborah Khan to come on and do a. Maybe we should do that. Maybe I'll put the feelers on. I desperately, desperately want to know if there's going to be a second series. There must be, right? I tell you what, I'm going to send myself a Reminder, send Deborah Khan a message. Yeah. There, oh I'm my God, please, can we get Kerry Russell on and Saul? Yeah, get everyone. Get, we'll get everyone on. I we'll want do it all. all on. I want to find Saul? out. Saul? Saul. 
Sewell. 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 Rufus Sewell. Rufus Sewell. Sewell. Yes. Sewell. Yeah. Sewell. I'm obsessed with the wardrobe. Yeah. I like oh, she's got the wardrobe. Don't you think? There's yeah. a wardrobe in it. There is a wardrobe. Yeah. Wow. Like Not a magic Narnia. wardrobe. It's more depression um, she gets her clothes from. But uh, yeah. So for those who don't know, we haven't really said this. So this is the show about Kerry Russell, who plays the US ambassador to the UK, the mm-hmm. newly appointed US ambassador to the UK. And let's just say it all kicks off. Uh, and it's it's fun. It's I'm not going to use the word trashy, but I will say it, it veers away from it veers away from shall we say realism at times, uh, but not in a scandal way. Like I think it's more grounded than scandal. Oh. But it's just I, no, it's true. It is. It, it's no, heightened. It, it's like, heightened, but it's a lot. What fun. was that? What was that show with um, what's his chops? Um, Keith Sutherland. Uh, what, what designated survivor? Yeah. See, I yeah. thought that was more like soapy trashy, and you loved that. I know, no, no, I, 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 I liked designated like survivor. Only, I've only seen a few no, no, episodes. Rabbit hole. Oh, rabbit hole, the other yeah. one. I mean, rabbit that, hole was the one. Yeah, rabbit hole. Yeah. I've had a lot of people saying it gets really good, and that we didn't Does review it? it. Well, we did we review. Did. It. We did review. I know. It. Yeah, they just forgotten because they was didn't the see how deep the rabbit hole went. Did you talking of where it is on the you know kind of trashy quality Stop scale? Saying trashy. No, no, I'm not. I don't think it's trashy. But did you see one? I think it was the Rolling Stone. TV reviewer said that Netflix had said that their idea, what they're going for, is gourmet hamburgers. And so, yeah. and this is the perfect example of it, right? So you've got the, it is luxury yeah. and, and, the, and the production values and, and the script, you know, proper, but the premise is so eye-catching and yeah. fun mm. that it's a hamburger. So it's that mix. I love that expression. Of, yeah. 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 That is, but that's but the, it is. That is it's, that's, it's, what that's literally Netflix's peak, what they're t- oh. trying to get. And he was saying I'm that here. this is the first, this is the first luxury hamburger proper <laughs> for Netflix for quite a while. Cause they've had a lot of, they've had a lot of hamburgers. They've had a lot of luxuries, but they haven't had many luxury hamburgers. Oh, I that's am, I'm a totally good analogy. But it is exactly that because it feels, it's lavish. It's all of those yeah. things. Like the budget is there on the screen. The sets are magnificent. The wardrobes are fantastic. Uh, yeah. There's yeah. lots. Of, and then there's the sniffing scene, which we alluded to on Pilot Plus, which really the armpit. Yeah. Has to be seen to be believed. Yeah. Also, but, um, episode three with the um, the physical scene. Oh my god! Oh good? my god! Oh my god! Sorry, we're being annoying. Sorry, yeah, we're being yet. twats because you guys haven't seen it. But um, if you get a chance, do watch the Diplomat on I think uh, we should on do the Netflix. Thing. And we may or may not do something about that if we can get hold of Deborah Khan. And, and everyone else. Yes, thank you. And if Kay can hang out with Rufus Saul. So, right, okay. <gasps> so, so I watched all of The Diplomat as well. It's been a busy week for me. <laughs> Mando had its finale. Well, let's just say we did an Empire spoiler special mm. for Mando. Of course. Ben loved it, obviously. Of course. Chris loved it. Oh. Helen loved it. Oh, and you And were I was soul. the voice of sanity. Uh, oh. So I, I enjoyed it. But mm. I do not believe it's good. No. I had a chat with Sophie Petzl on Twitter about it. She agreed. So, oh, uh, yeah. Are there gratuitous kind of like, uh, you know, old people coming back or character, surprise characters or surprise? It's not so much that. It's okay. more just, it's people playing with action figures. It's like, pew, pew, pew. Uh, yeah, that's what I found like it's all, about. Yeah, it's, it's very, serious. Yeah, it's yeah. very, it's very Saturday morning cartoon storytelling, yeah, okay. uh, in my opinion. Uh, but Gorm- Is it a gourmet Star Wars hamburger? It, I mean, there's definitely a hamburger there. Right. I'm saying at best, much gore, it is a McDonald's okay. cheeseburger. Okay. Right. <laughs> oh, wow, just a <laughs> so, I mean, it's 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 about as it's about as you know filthy as a hamburger gets. Oh, okay. Um, and speaking of which, Picard also ended this oh, week. Exhausting. Now, now the plan is currently to record a Picard season three oh spoiler special tomorrow. Yeah, this Isn't is- this unreal? <laughs> This is, is actually unbelievable. Is <laughs> yeah. That is the plan. I can't believe he hasn't invited you to take part in this <laughs> Let alone me. He's just renegade. He just does what he wants. I am. That's he true. He's a maverick. He's a loose yeah. cannon. Like, 
as um, Annika, I think, uh, commented, one of our listeners, that you just completely... Yeah. Is it Annika? It, you, I mean, it, many people have said this, yes. That you completely ignore succession. You forbid Boyd and I to talk about it. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, I mean, we literally had to time down and force him yeah, to do a spoiler special. Yeah. And even that was like just a, a regular Pilot Plus episode that we turned into a spoiler special. And, then the second and like time- this, I'm sure Picard, you've got a whole special spoiler special. special. I mean, yeah. yeah. Uh, but having said that, it was just us. We're not, we're not, we don't have the show on or on. Although there's a good reason for that. Let that go um, away. And uh, and and yeah, so we're going to be talking about Picard. He knows he's. Do you know what he knows he's done wrong? Because he's like, look at his eyes. He knows. I feel it's yeah. my guilty face. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. well, I will say, like, I, I, as you know, I thought Picard started magnificently. I loved the first half of Picard. I thought it was transcendent. Oh my god! Oh my god. However, there is an it's episode <laughs> that comes along uh, uh, towards it. So let's say about two thirds of the way through, it makes a decision that I was unhappy with, and I feel like from that point on. It kind of fell off a cliff. And the finale, while it has its, its sort of moments that, you know, make you well up a little bit, a little bit nostalgic moments, I, I, I have issues. I have notes. I have notes for the finale of Picard. So you if you want to hear those notes... out with Picard. Yeah, well, I'm going to try and record the spoiler special uh, on Friday to go up on Monday, but, you know, life might get in the way. But we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. We can only hope. We can only hope. <laughs> that life doesn't yeah. get in the way. Uh, you can do it for all of us. <laughs> yeah, I'll see you what I can do. But, but that is the, the sum title of what I've been watching this week. Wow. Exhausted. I have been watching... Well, I've watched the next episode of Succession, which is the one that we'll, we'll do a spoiler special chat about it by the time everyone's seen it on Monday. That's episode five. I'm jealous. Uh, halfway through. We're halfway through the final season. It's very interesting. It's a jaunt, is all I'll say. It's a jaunt overseas. I won't say much more than Ooh, that. Where? It's very interesting. <laughs> not going to say. Um, Europe. Uh, but it's very interesting. I watched a show called Colin from Accounts. Right. Have you heard about this? I haven't. Colin from Accounts is currently running on BBC Two on, I think, Tuesdays at 10pm. It's all on the iPlayer as well. And um, this arrived a few weeks ago, and it's a highly acclaimed Australian comedy written and created by husband and wife team, Patrick Brammel and Harriet Dyer. And they also play the show's main characters, which are actually two singletons who kind of meet accidentally in an extreme situation, a car accident, basically. And she, her dog gets injured. Um, and Fatally? they kind of reluctantly, huh? Fatally? No, 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 no. no just injured but with, with a thing, one of those cone things. Oh. I just hit my <laughs> headphones, sorry. One of those cone things, um, which is very cute, in fact. But it's, re- it's difficult. To, it's one of those things that's all about the tone of it. It's a little bit Ricky Gervaisian, I would say, tonally, in terms of it's, you know, it's not kind of, it's quite, Bittersweet sometimes. Uh, it's not, it's not, it's, I think James would like it. As I've said his name because I'm getting, paying more attention to what I'm saying rather than <laughs> drifting off into some emails. Um, and it's quite, re- it's like got realism to it. So the jokes aren't forced, but it is funny. Like in the second episode, she does something uh, which is kind of quite funny, sleepwalking in the night, which I won't give away right at the beginning of the episode. And everything spins off from that that moment into kind of like almost fast, semi-fast. It's just really well observed, lots of funny and yet kind of believable characters um, set in Sydney. It's really good. Uh, I want to watch that. Do you know what? I think one of our listeners flagged yeah, that up Yeah, a few us. people have flagged it up. Yeah, Connor mm. from Accounts. Um, so I'll check that also out. Also a great name. I've reignited... Uh, my interest in the marvellous Mrs. Maisel. Oh. Yeah, which the final oh. season arrived. Talk about turning up at a party after everyone's gone home. <laughs> I know. Uh, I know. I love Maisel's brilliant. I know. But someone, right. a couple of other people sent, messaged me about that or messaged us slash me on uh, social media. It's like, don't forget about Mrs. Maisel. We, we acknowledge the big... We, we tend to... Our priority always on this show, although this week's, funny enough, is an exception because it's a huge week for new shows, yeah. is to do brand new stuff rather than series 
12 or whatever. But it is the final season of Maisel. And so I watched the first episode of the new series. It's really, it reminded me, it's really good. It's so good. It like just, you know, effortlessly kind of funny, well-written, really well-written. Um, the characters are brilliant. And, you know, it kind of uses real people. Like So, like, she gets to know, you know, she's obviously, Maisel's become the successful mm. stand-up slash comic. She wants to become, a, she's being a comedy writer in this series as well. There's a lot of stuff with Lenny Bruce, you know, who's the legendary Lenny Bruce. And that all that stuff I find so interesting. And they've also done, what the big uh, revelation of this series is, this flash-forwards oh, to wow. decades later in the 80s, where we get to see what her daughter's up to. And it's really interesting. Do you remember? I think it was The Affair that did that. Do you remember The Affair? Yes. Suddenly did a flash forwards, like decades. Is that with Joni? Was a kid called Joni Uh, and The Affair, the the daughter? Um, but it was quite interesting. It, that went almost a bit sci-fi. This does. This is just going to the 80s because it's obviously set in the 50s and 60s. But it adds a whole layer, really interesting layer. I think they've done that thing really well. There's not, it's like, so the, the whole, the, the first episode begins with a flash forward to the 80s with her daughter in um, talking to her to her shrink and stuff. And I thought it was really interesting. And you get to know basically what's happened to Mrs. Maisel and all the other characters in 20 years, What basically how their lives have turned out. But it, somehow it adds to it rather than ruining it because, mm. you know, it means it's not just about the drama of how successful will she be. You're told how successful she'll be quite early on. And all of that is really interesting. So, yeah, Marvel's Miss Maisel, I'm going to... Has it got a lot of Susie in it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. All, all, yeah, and um, it's just reminded me how good it was. And finally, uh, I did my um, weekly big uh, heat review column this week, James, on a show called Naked Education. Oh, God. Which I feel has got you written all over. Is this like Naked Attraction, but at it's, school? Because that would be problematic. Well, Yeah, he's going to have uh, issues with it. Oh, you're going to have issues with it. So that's why I'm gratuitously and deliberately bringing it up. Okay, great. Um, it's not like, it's different to Naked Attraction, uh-huh. but it has got some one of the same hosts. I've um, never seen Naked Attraction. I've heard about it. Haven't. But I've uh, never actually watched it. It has got one of the same co-hosts as Naked Attraction, the great Anna Richardson, who is brilliant, by the way, at dealing with people and their nudity and their issues, etc. This is a genuinely educational show, James. What, what showing you what all the bits are? About bodies. About, oh, about, yeah. so it literally is that? It's literally yeah. about body, people's body issues and bodies. And so it's got different features. There's like one, one, one bit of it. It's, it's an hour-long show every week. And one segment has two people, basically an older person and a younger person, who experience the same issue that has affected their bodies in some way, shape or form. And they have a big chat, one-to-one chat, in which they talk about their bodies. And it's really interesting. And so the younger person learns a lot. So in, in the episode, in last week's episode, it was a trans, two trans men, one young trans guy, one older trans guy in his like, you know, in middle age, talking about what, what you go through when particularly like, the surgery and all of that, really upfront, mm. Unbelievably honest kind of discussion of that. But the big, the segment that's got, there's another segment where Anna Richardson takes people off to have like naked bike rides and naked um, <laughs> art. God, you yeah. saddles. Oh, yeah. <laughs> naked I mean, bike rides is the thing. That, Who knew? That yeah. sounds uncomfortable. I mean, literally <laughs> uncomfortable. And, but the bit that is controversial that's caused a mini rumpus in the press is they do get a bunch of school kids, like teenagers, 14, 15, 16 right. year olds, in a kind of classroom style setting. And the presenters bring forward, five people, men or women or whatever, to show their naked bodies. This feels like something the Daily Mail is having connections about. Of course they They literally are. (laughs) Um, But in fact, once you get over that, it's all about context. Obviously, everyone, everything's been checked. There's no, it's not, you know, it's not just a excuse for perverts to take their clothes off in front of young people, honestly. But the discussion it initiates is brilliant. And I was like, you have to see it, because like basically these really smart, 
likable young people. Because I think, you know, you, I often think of young people as being, you know, obsessed with just on their phone 10, 20 hours a day, obsessed with Instagram. And they are. But in this context, they're watching this. They're looking boydy, at boydy, also, boydy. They're oh. on TikTok, not Instagram. TikTok, TikTok you're right. Yeah. But <laughs> don't you think it also really initiates an important discussion. And, 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 and then they get to talk through all their bodies. And of course, it's much harder for young people now growing up, obviously, yeah. because everyone's constantly wanted to see them on Instagram and social media and TikTok, yes. which we didn't have in our day, James. And so, also, and that, also is that they're seeing airbrushed images all yes. the time. They're seeing a lot of porn. porn, porn. And, yeah. All yes. of them. One, one guy's seen porn when he was 11, another's like, you know, 12. They just talk about all that stuff and it's well, just really important. I think it's a really good show. We got into this when we talked about uh, asking for it and consent. Remember the, the, the miniseries? And, and you know, that's, that's I think, one of the big issues, isn't it, facing yeah. young people today? It's the, you know, it's the dismantling of education via pornography and the kind of re-education about what these things are actually about. Yeah, which is why, um, so that's why when you see normal bodies, yeah. all different shapes and sizes, it's exactly what they're doing, yeah. So yeah. I, I recommend it to you. <laughs> okay. Okay, what naked shows have you been watching? <laughs> well, none. Um, so I've been watching this week, a, I went to the launch of Black Ops, which is a new BBC comedy thriller, which has been co-created by Bemi Sola and AK, who worked together on Famalam, you might remember Boydo. Um, yeah. And they have now created this new comedy thriller about two black PCSO officers who infiltrate a drugs gang and are immediately out of their depth and it goes completely wrong. It's so funny. Straight out of the out the traps is funny. And I think often with like first episodes of comedy thriller, you know, like it doesn't always hit the mark. Do community support officers regularly go undercover? No, this, this is the whole thing. I was going to say, yeah. it doesn't feel like something they're allowed no. to do. Oh, sorry. I forgot to say, this is not a documentary. <laughs> <laughs> you tell him. Burn. Yeah. Burn. This is a Burn. comedy thriller and artistic right. license has been taken. I see. So it's and this is fiction. Part of the, okay, yeah, fiction. <laughs> and um, this is part of the thing of why they get us to do it and how it goes and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Okay. And it's it's really good. I really enjoyed it and I would recommend. And I'm going to actually force us to review it, James. So, uh, are you now? Yes, <laughs> okay. I am. I am. I think you've reminded me. I also went to a screening, an exclusive, very, very early screening of a Netflix show called All the Lights We Cannot See, which is not coming out for months and months, but they gave permission to discuss it on social media. And I'm, I'm like, this they invited media. me to that, actually, oh, as well. Oh, is that the Stephen Knight thing? Yes, Stephen yes, Knight. Yes, I was invited it, to that. It was Stephen Knight thing. I didn't even know about this, Stephen. Like, yeah. Stephen Knight. He's so honestly, busy. This is why I thought you were going to mention yeah. it. He's written everything <laughs> on TV, basically. <laughs> the next thing Tom Davis is doing is a Stephen Knight script it's bad. with Stephen Graham, yeah, yeah, which is, I think, for Disney+. Plus. There's at least two other... Um, BBC One things happening as How well. Is he doing it it's all? unbelievable. Does he not sleep this or something? Thing, do you know what? I didn't mention it. He wrote the script for this week's podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely <laughs> true. I mean, you can tell. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I saw the first two episodes of that. It's got a really good cast. Mark Ruffalo um, is in it, and Hugh Laurie is in it, uh, and it's really interesting. And you know, the interesting thing—it's about the main character is a blind girl, and so I wondered. Part of me wondered whether he'd been asked to write the script because of his experiences of sea. Well, I can I can sea. fully understand uh, yeah. how someone would see the majesty of sea, <laughs> the majesty and of then sea. be like, "Well, this man can do anything." Yeah. So mm. I'm not allowed to say what I thought of it. Obviously, it's heavily. It's literally not coming out for months, but I just wanted to bring up for the gratuitous sea reference that I knew James. <laughs> Regalus week when I said it was Stephen Knight writing about a blind person. Yeah. Yeah. Is it, uh, is the blind person in it called Baba Voss? No. No. Funnily enough, okay. it's a young it's not lady. A it's a young lady. That would be a step too far. It would be a that step would too be far. Way um, too far. Can I introduce... Young actress. In fact, let me just mention the actress's name because she is the lead role. Aria, Aria Mia Lobelti. Okay. Yeah. Is she French? Uh, I think it's or more Italian, French... I reckon. Oh, okay. But maybe. It's a, it's a French character, so it could be. It makes mm. sense. 
Sorry, James, you're about to say. I'll say I'm introducing a new section, a new addendum to this section, and it's called What James's Mum Has Been Watching. <gasps> and, uh, oh, yeah. and the reason I mentioned this is because I watched, obviously, season one of For All Mankind. I watched all the way through yeah. to the finale. And then I stopped to watch, because I had to catch up on something. And yet you could argue that maybe watching eight episodes of The Terminal List wasn't an ideal use of my time. But I did do that. And I haven't gone back to season two of For All Mankind. My mum has been watching For All Mankind. She is now at the end of season three, as we record, and is loving it. Wow. Loving it. So even my mum now is getting on my case about finishing For All Mankind. Can we get her key thoughts once a week about something? Yeah. We'll get to like feed this- in. Yeah. yeah. She can record in her review of For All Mankind. Yeah. Yeah. Intriguingly, funnily enough, for All Mankind Series 1 and 2 are coming out on DVD and Is Blu-ray it? next DVD. week. I, I know this because I'm one of the few people who still does DVD reviews. Wow, the you're magazine. the one. And, uh, and I mention it because it's so brilliant. So it's quite rare, I think. For, I can't think of many, if any, Apple TV Plus shows that have been brought out on home video like this. So I'm mm. really surprised. But it is coming out. For those of you who are still holding out on subscribing to Apple TV Plus, it is available on the DVD and Blu-ray next month. Another one for you to store in your kitchen cupboard. That's true. All right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Listeners who don't know, I, I store my DVDs in my kitchen cupboard. So. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, right next to the pasta. It offends James. Right next I mean, to the what? Not the right next to the pasta. Yeah, yeah, it is literally next to the pasta. Oh my God. Uh, all right, fine, fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we've been watching. Uh, time now for this week's first guest. Now, we've talked about swimsuits already, this particular podcast. But if you want to know who Big Tom Davis is, look no further than Boydie's Instagram, where you can see the pair of them posing together, one of whom and I'm not going to say which one, <laughs> is wearing a pair of tight-fitting budgie smugglers. However, however, Tom does return to his role as Big Mick on this week's The Curse Series 2, and uh, Boydie and he talked all about it, possibly in Speedos, possibly not, it's unclear, uh, but this is what happened. Hello, Tom Davis, welcome to the Pilot TV podcast. Hello, Boyd Hilton, thank you very much for having me, sir. <laughs> <laughs> it's very formal, isn't it? <laughs> I love the formality there. Thanks. Thanks. Um, how are you doing? You're, you're, uh, we're talking to you in your trailer for a mystery project, but you're looking fantastic, I have to say. Um, I, I feel like I'm doing the Santa Claus Origins movie at the moment, this look. Um, it's a yeah, it's an exciting thing. I think I can tell you the name of it is, yeah, it's called A Thousand Blows. Okay. With Stephen Graham. It's, it's an incredible, yeah. It's oh, an fantastic. amazing project, yeah. Yeah, it's a oh. hell of a thing to involved in, but yeah. Oh, Stephen Graham's oh. a legend, obviously, so that's good uh, for Yeah, he is. He's, he's, he's one of my... Dear friends and a hero of mine. He's he's an incredible guy. He he actually is. Yeah, he's one of the very few, few people in our industry that, if you reach out and ask for a favour, will do anything. You, he's just a really kind, decent human being, and I think one of the best actors of our generation. So yeah, it's an honour yeah. to, to be doing this with him. Also, a rare like working class kind of uh, figure in acting as well. Because uh... yeah, I think along with certainly for as sort of yeah within the. As a sort of male, you know, sort of male actor, sort of go. I think, as a working class, him and Ray Winston, sort of. I think the class of the stuff they've done, and the breadth of the sort of different performances they do. I think, uh, yeah, man, Stevens, yeah, a phenomenal. Yeah, you know, like I said, I've known him for a long, long time. Him and Hannah, his his missus, is, is also brilliant. Um, they're uh, yeah, they're really exciting, and the stuff they're doing at the moment as a as a company and as a as a partnership as actually kind of really, really yeah for. for Young working class talent is I can't I don't think I'm allowed to say names but there's some brilliant brilliant people in this that are, yeah uh, yeah yeah it's a real fantastic yeah, sort of cast. Well, we're not here to talk about that. Obviously, no, we're here no, to talk no, about no. Who, your magnificent creation, The Curse. Yes, uh, second series arriving soon on Channel Four. Um, I watched the first. I mean, I was lucky enough to be on set in Grand Canaria, of course. One of the yeah. great, one of the great treats of my professional life, Tom. I have to say. Oh wow! Yeah, wow, that's nice to hear. Jeez. Absolutely, that's, that's, yeah. Incredible stuff. You've done some amazing stuff. So that's, that's a lovely thing to hear. 
Did you always plan um, that the show, the first series was about this, it was a kind of gold bullion theft and was like a comedy caper thing. Did you always plan that the second series would be the kind of Costa del Crime element where you all go off to Spain and you're all kind of living new lives? Yeah, I mean, the, the idea was always Spain was sort of sort of moved really early on as being the sort of that time period in Spain and sort of the extradition and, and sort of the non-extradition, sorry, and, and, and the way that sort of Spain works and the sort of almost the sort of Wild West nature of it felt sort of quite exciting. There was sort of ups and downs of whether Mick would make it out there. There was sort of a time when we were sort of discussing whether Mick would be in, in prison. And then uh, we, yeah, as soon as we sort of decided it would definitely, yeah, we'd be actually filming out. Because what my worry was, boy, when we did things like King Gary and we filmed out in Spain, we actually filmed in, filmed in Bournemouth. So yeah. I was like, uh, yeah, rather than go to Bournemouth, I might be able to do the whole of series and t- series two in a prison uh, and shoot it out in two weeks. But um, actually, uh, as soon as I knew we were going to Grand Canary, I was like, well, Mick should, yeah, Mick should yeah. be there as well. So, um, yeah. which was, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was an amazing time. You just wanted to flaunt yourself in Speedos, though, I think, really, wasn't it? That was the reason why. <laughs> you, uh... Yeah, yeah. I was the only one who followed through with the, we all said that we'd wear them. And I don't think any of the rest of the cast <laughs> Did I think the rest of them sort of lost their uh, lost their bottle? I, uh, I, 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 you know what? I sort of thought the eighties wearing speedos is sort of synonymous. So you kind yeah. of, if you find yourself into a job like this, you want to sort of hit the fashion as much. And I've got to say, mix a lot more fashionable. I think in this series, he has a fantastic look. Yeah, yeah. I mean, let's talk about the creation of it because he is an extraordinary comedy creation. His voice, yeah. his look, everything. Take us back to what, what What was the inspiration for Mick? Well, I think when you're creating a sort of comedy character and, and that was sort of always, it's just sort of, you know, along, along with Joe's Defond, when you sort of start writing stuff, you're always trying to sort of pick up bits of different people, you know, like with Gary, King Gary was very much sort of people I've grown up with, people I'm still friends with now and, and Sleet, there was, you know, Sleet was, I think I've talked to you before about Sleet, Sleet was elements of sort of uh, noirist films and I always tried to play Sleet a bit like I was Denzel Washington in a BBC yeah. Three comedy. Yeah. Um, but with uh, in Murder and Successful, that was the the hugely influential BBC Three series. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, and that's when that action team was watching Tom Hiddleston make an absolute wally of himself. So um, when it came to this, it was it was yeah going back a bit, watching thinking about character, people I've grown up with. That voice come from someone what I knew when I was growing up. Who always had these stories and. Uh, he was a bit on the other side of the law. He was a terrible thief. He was a terrible crook, really. He just never really got the hang of it. And um, and there was a bit of Lenny McLean in there, sort of for some of the sort of dialect and some of the, you know, I watched quite a lot of his interviews from that sort of time. And sort of, I, I've always sort of, I was always slightly sort of obsessed with playing someone of that sort of height and stature, how they fit within the sort of, within the world you know he, he, like I say and, and that first series he didn't have any money he was the sort of most of poorest so second series he's got a bit of money he's got a bit of swag and I think his outfit choice is Lindsay who um, is her makeup uh, sorry a costume woman uh, some of the stuff that she got him was amazing it was incredible and sort of like a bit of gold and sort of almost hot pants it was uh, yeah some, some great little looks yeah fantastic yeah um I mean, you do. I've mentioned the speedos already. Yeah, you, you, I, I, the day I was there, I got to be treated by you, uh, uh, resplendent. <laughs> in, and there was an amazing moment where you, I thought you adapted the script slightly because one of the kind of uh, supporting characters arrived yeah. in his in his speedos, and he was quite, shall we say, um, well endowed, wasn't he? Uh, he brought his own speedos from home, 
and everyone else was wearing costumes, including myself wearing costume speedos. He, um, yeah, he was very well. And also, I didn't realise this. I'm not a speedo connoisseur, so to speak. No. If there's certain patterns that you can get on a speedo, uh, I like the way you followed very quickly up with a no, because you could tell just where red speedos, by all accounts, are not a good speedo to wear because they don't give you anything. Whereas these had a pattern that made everything look elongated. Would that be Yeah. It? Yeah, yeah. 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 So he um uh so he yeah, he looked pretty so a lot of yeah, so actually I, I don't know if you've seen that episode, but um a lot of the stuff that we uh that we we sort of improvised that day sort of has made it into the final. Oh part. brilliant. Um, brilliant. Yeah. I've only seen the first episode, so I can't wait to see, see <laughs> yeah. that. He's um yeah, he's sort of become an unlikely star of that that scene. Um <laughs> him and his uh yeah his quite speedos. right. Saw, oh, yeah, you showed a clip of you showed, did show a clip of it, didn't you? On um, on uh, on top of the Ross. Ross. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yes, yeah, yes, yeah. It looks a hell of a way to sort of yeah announce yourself on Jonathan Ross's side yeah. as you are in the scene. Exactly, exactly. Do you when because you 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 all write it, don't you? That, that you you and the people just do nothing, guys, and Emo yeah. Kenny. Um, how does that process work? Because you're all you're all kind of involved. You're all except producers as well. How does the writing kind of um? Uh, what situation work? Do you write different episodes each? Do you kind of come together and write it? Myself and James will do usually like the sort of outline of where the sort of series is going. That's usually sort of the start of it. We'll sort of, we, we've done a lot of the research at that time. Uh, so a lot of the sort of skeleton of it will sort of be myself and James sort of drafting out James the front. And then we'll all just sort of come in together and we'll start sort of adding sort of the meat to those bones well, yeah, in quite long sort of Zoom. Uh, and there, there's so much fun to do, sort of workshopping stuff, sort of, you know, people throwing in sort of ideas for their characters. Sometimes sort of, you know, Ema, I thought Ema sort of, sort of really came into it. In, and I think the writing's all stepped up due to Ema being involved actually in this, in this series. I think she's been remarkable. She's so, um, she's so, so, so bright. And so just gives us something a little bit extra. Actually her writing for Mick, I think was, so good so brilliant and and you know so you yeah and then you so me and james will go off and i think we we wrote three episodes emo and um Sheba and steve will write an episode so it's sort of you know you yeah you have um you all go away yeah and then you write your episodes and we'll sit down with the episodes and we'll sort of add bits take bits away sometimes put stuff back and um yeah it's a long process but it's a really enjoyable one and i was, I was reminded watching the first episode like the, the tonally because it's incredibly funny and you know and it, it's full of fantastic funny characters but at the same time it, there is there are moments of violence and you know there are yeah. kind of those you're reminded about, about there's some pretty horrible particularly the men i mean the men in this show are either incredibly stupid aren't they or Violent and a bit nasty, including the cop. Men in general, uh, it? Uh, yeah, he's what? right. Exactly. <laughs> You've summed up men in general. Um, <laughs> to be fair, they're usually very stupid. Uh, if if the modern uh, news take is to go on, they're usually stupid and violent. And That's true. Or, that um, is true. I think the thing is that you can never lose sight of what we didn't want to do is is make this into sort of like a thing, a, a sort of comedy that felt there was no repercussions for for idiocy. I think. As as big a character as I think, say Mick is, like I've you know I've been brought up in a world where people like Mick exist. They're every you know they're, they're they're people you chat to, and I think that level of where you find them, I think you there kind of has to be a worry that at any one time that there, there'll be a repercussion for what they've done or, or the world that they're now moving in. I th certainly think for um, episode one, I think yeah, the, the scene in the prison uh, that takes you into the break, I think. 
it's kind of like wow okay yeah this this and and that carries out throughout the, the series you know we're all very keen to sort of after sort of king gary and action team and action team had a bit of that but it was a little bit more i suppose naked gun than its premise and then something like uh obviously people just did nothing and peacock they're, they're all sort of comedies and this feels a bit more grown up this feels a little bit sort of a slant into sort of a world that especially me and james were very very interested in sort of peeling a little bit more of that off and, and sort of what moving into a bit more of a sort of darker comedy i guess as anyone who listens to your fantastic podcast with uh, Ramesh knows, um, uh, the Wolf for Now, that you're not, you're a man, you, you do get anxious about stuff and you, you know, you talk about all those things and yeah. body issues and everything. Do you ever, when you, you're right, this stuff, you, 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 you show no vanity whatsoever when you're playing Mick. I mean, you know, you put him in the most ridiculous costumes and situations. Do you ever regret, do you ever look at that day's like nuts script to go, why did I fucking write this stuff for Mick to do? It, it's a, it's a strange thing because, when we write, we've done it since. I mean, look, I mean, to 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 shout you out, boy. I think for the moment I did warm up guy, which is the first thing I ever wrote, and you uh, put it as heat pick of the day at the time, which was very kind of you. And I think even in that there was an. I think I was in some pants at one point, but um, yes, I think <laughs> sure. there's, there's the people that I, my heroes, the people I look up to, you know, who aren't necessarily body beautiful at times, and and or, or what is the perception of what you know. I think there's an element of I think once you play a character as well, you you lose you you have to be able to lose that ego. You have to just be able to go right. You know, for example, with the speedos, if I'm honest with you, like would I ever wear them? No, I'd never have that. But would Mick? Yeah, of course he would. Mm. Mick's the vanity of Mick, and 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 Mick sort of Mick Mick thinks he looks amazing in those. It's I've I've subsequently since coming back from Grand Canary, sort of spent quite a lot of time training to lose not to lose weight for any it's not a vanity thing or an ego thing we've talked about it's on a podcast it's more health and it's more having a daughter's given me the sort of you know just just trying to be a bit more healthy you know trying to sort of move more and um and it's a very uh interesting sort of debate and you know i put a picture up the other day weirdly and a lot of people are oh my god you look amazing and did it you've lost weight but then there's an element of that i don't find it that i'm any happier now than yeah i feel healthier I was quite happy with a stomach, you know, it's it's not mm. like, and I've had a gut for a long time. And I think, you know, sometimes it's actually quite nice to put on a TV and see someone in a pair of Speedos who hasn't got a six pack. I was, we've just been talking about Daniel Craig, um, who's obviously an absolute G, but what he went through to have those blue trunks on. Right. But yeah. What, 95% of the population, even 97% of the population are never going to go through that. So actually it, it's kind of nice to think. So I always feel, yeah, when I first saw Zach Garifanakis in The Hangover and he's got those, you know, the jock strap on, that for me always felt like, oh shit, yeah, that's that's a great look. Do you know what I mean? If he'd had a, yeah. if been Bradley Cooper, it wouldn't have felt the same. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Because like if you've got really, really I mean, you do look you look great, but and you want but like if you've got like massively Hollywood buff, people would almost feel it as some kind of betrayal or something. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, it's a thing, it's it's a weird thing of just keeping that level of yeah, I you know, I don't you know, it's like I say, it's it's an element of it's just trying to be a bit healthy, trying to you know, on set boy not having uh, three sausages and three bits of bacon with uh, breakfast and just having some scrambled eggs and a bit of porridge. Yeah, <laughs> just, yeah. Just make him say no to the 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 four or five pints after work and and <laughs> just trying to be a little bit more savvy with that, I guess. So you talked about what you're working on next. I mean, in terms of like um, you and James, without 
explaining it particularly, you have mentioned it's more dramatic, haven't you? Is that is that fair that to say that it's the most yeah, dramatic thing you've ever done? We're, we're trying to sort of look at something that we'll still keep that the tone of what we do and what we've been doing for nearly ten years now. But I think we, we're quite interested in sort of stepping into the more sort of the drama space and and having a sort of play around with sort of yeah we, we've really enjoyed doing that I, th- I think it's also that thing of you know the curse and, and it's an amazing thing and I, i'm very very passionate about british comedy and and, and whoever's the next sort of people coming through and, and how we make sure that we continue to make that because it's the thing i'm proudest of most is coming from a you know you know town of Fort gave me my first opportunity and i was still working on a building site then you know, not not talking about the future, but talking about the past. That you, you know, the, that's a pretty amazing thing. I don't know anyone. You know, Shane Allen gave me an opportunity. Channel Four gave me an opportunity twelve years ago to write a pilot, and they gave us me and James a, a very small sum to go and shoot a couple of shit scenes, and we shot a whole half hour pilot of that thing. And then that thing was a comedy lab, and that was the start of where I am now. And and that's an amazing thing. And Channel Four doing that, and and I'm, I think it's really really. That they're still doing that. They're still trying to go out and, and still find the new talent. I think that sometimes we might, as a collective, have to be a little bit more widespread with that. I think, you know, social mobility and diversity in general, I think is, is a big talking point for us at the moment. And I think looking at the the heartbeat of this cast and the crew and the director are all very much from a very working class background. And I think that we have to be looking at different in different places. I think looking at... Yeah, I don't want to be, but looking at going to Edinburgh and looking for the next person is not the place you're going to find it for me anyway. I don't think you know Mo, Mo Gilligan didn't go. He went to Edinburgh, didn't smash it. Mo Gilligan's now about to you know launch his first big American show. You know myself, Rob Beckett. You know people, the people that you you Catherine Ryan, people that you you're probably most sort of didn't didn't come through that that route. And not to not to knock that, but anyway, I think you. I think we need to be looking at looking a little bit wider and a little bit and looking to the future. Sorry, I've gone on for a tangent there, boy. Um, no, it's interesting. Yeah, um, but the future is yeah. Looking at looking at something, you know, twenty four minutes is really hard sometimes. To, you know, when like when you're watching the Gold or a Town Called Malice and you're watching a drama as you know, I'm, I'm in one now and they have sixty minutes to tell a story. Mm. There's so much more nuance to that story. There's so much more. You've you've got more creative life, license to play around with, and I think that really interests myself and James just to sort of see, push ourselves as far as we can. You know, I think our work up till now, I think, you know, King Gary, the curse, murder successful action team. I think that they've been well, well considered shows within where we've both, you know, where we've both sat in, you know, in the last sort of 10 years, I think looking at changing up and, and trying to sort of do something with a bit more, bit more time and hopefully a bit more money would be nice um and congratulations on a brilliant um from what i've seen and what for what i saw on set second series of the curse as well Cheers. thank you man thank you boy thank you for being very supportive and, oh uh, as always. total pleasure thanks tom yeah, thank you boy and up the um, after good luck i hope, <laughs> so I hope you win it. that was boydie and tom davis shall we get on to this week's listener question oh yeah let's do it now mm-hmm. now we're going to take a brief diversion because i want to read out i want to read out something that we had we had we had a a, a letter come in and this one came in from HK Phil. And HK Phil said the following. Question for the famous triage system. Whilst not directly TV related, I'd still love your collective take on this. As professional critics, writers, and publishers, how do you see chat GPT changing what you do? Is it something people should be worried about or embrace? Everyone seems to be talking about it as a revolution. 
What do you guys think of chat GPT and how it affects what we do? Didn't someone chat GPT us? Yes. Yes, that, that, <laughs> is, that, that is largely why I've brought oh, this up. Sorry, yes, have I yes, ruined the You have um, absolutely trampled all over my joke. Yes. Thank you, Boydie. Well done, Boydie. Yeah. I set them up. You uh, sit on them. So you should have said, this is what happens when you don't pre warn us of your little yeah. sojourn. I mean, look, Stephen oh, spent hours it. writing this script and you uh, fucked it all up. Sorry, yeah. Yeah. I suspected um, that's where it was. Going. I mean, it is terrifying, isn't it? Mm. Basically. Yeah, it's really scary. It, it, it's a bit frightening. But yeah. do you think, do you think, uh, I, do you know what? I, I, you know, I look forward to the day when uh, ChatGPT will watch all of these dramas so that I don't have to yeah. <laughs> and then uh, and then talk about them for me I mean that um, spy thriller what was it called again which one oh. the one you just rewatched the Diplom oh, how the Terminalist the Terminalist is like a chat GPT of a spy thriller <laughs> isn't it? On, on the streaming service it was so fair, kind of my, uh, basically my bland. description of the most recent uh, well the, the finale of Mandalorian I was like genuinely if you have written if you've gone to ChatGPT and said, write the finale to The Mandalorian, this is what it possibly would have come up with. So, uh, But I'm going to read you this. So yeah, so so Gillian, Gillian Simpson, uh, who is a listener of this podcast, said, I have fallen down the ChatGPT hole and wondered what it thought of Pilot TV. I didn't specify to give a good review, but it's a rave. Thought you might be interested. So this is ChatGPT's review of this very podcast, wow. which I am now going to read out. <clears throat> Here is a review of the Empire Magazine Pilot TV podcast featuring James Dyer, Boyd Hilton, and Kay Ribeiro. Spelled your name wrong. Good start. <laughs> Great start. Oh the Empire God, Magazine yes. Pilot TV Podcast. Not its name, chap GBT. I don't know what to tell you. The Empire Magazine Pilot TV Podcast is a must-listen for anyone interested in television. Hosted by Empire's editor-at-large, James Dyer. <laughs> not my job title. Wow, along with TV editor, Boyd Hilton. Not his job title. And deputy digital editor, Kay Ribeiro. <laughs> <laughs> not her job title. The podcast provides in-depth analysis, witty banter, and exclusive interviews with some of the biggest names in television. Each episode features a rundown of the latest TV news and reviews, as well as a review of a current show or movie. Um, only when Boyd's had his, you know. Anyway, the hosts offer insightful commentary on the latest trends and developments in the industry, often bringing their own unique perspectives and opinions to the table. One of the standout features of the podcast is the quality of the interviews. The hosts have a knack for getting some of the most interesting and influential figures in the world of TV to open and share their thoughts and experiences. In addition to the interviews and reviews, the hosts also delve into some of the more niche aspects of television, including genre shows and foreign imports, Kay. Uh, this helps give the podcast a more well-rounded feel and ensures there's always something new and interesting to discover. Overall, the Empire Magazine Pilot TV podcast is a top-tier offering for anyone who loves television. The hosts are knowledgeable, engaging, and funny, and their passion for the medium shines through in every episode. Highly recommended, <laughs> says ChatGPT. You know five what? stars. Do you know what, right? They spelt my name wrong. They did. And there's no mention of cake, but <laughs> it's five stars and I'll mm, take it. So shove it up, please. Put it on. Yeah, five stars uh, from ChatGPT. Anyone who hasn't left one, if you could do that, inspired by this one, that'd be great. Yeah, I'm saying if, you, if everyone could get ChatGPT to write a review and put yeah. it on there, that's fine. I mean... I like the number of, um, just quickly, I do like the number of times that cake is mentioned in all the reviews that yes, have been going up. it has We've got... We've had a, another flurry yeah. of um, reviews. Thank you for taking the time to do that. We do appreciate it. And a lot of them, I mean, also, James, I don't know if you've seen... Uh, this was maybe a little while ago, but it was on the back of you buying um, the muffins and pretending it was cake or like actually thinking it was cake and just deluded. And someone called you a mongoose, which I <laughs> They liked. did. That I made me laugh. That. It made that me did make me laugh. So yes, yeah. it was like, muffins are not a case, you mongoose. Yeah. Uh, yes, I thought that was quite funny. Uh, we had another AI related thing, actually, and someone, someone pointed this out and said, um, hi, James. 
This one comes from Vicky. Uh, one for the Pilot TV post bag. Hope to pass the rigorous triage process. Well done, you have done. I wondered if any of you had heard of Nothing Forever. It is an AI-created TV show that goes on forever. It started as a piss-take of Seinfeld, but has evolved into nonsense of the highest level. It is streaming on Twitch at the moment, uh, and you can find out more about it on Wikipedia, apparently. My main question is this. Do you think we will ever see the day that TV shows become completely AI-generated? Or perhaps certain aspects, i.e. the scripts? God, I hope not. But then, obviously, by a couple of shows I've watched this week, it may already be happening. Uh, what are the implications of this? Do yeah. you think maybe a particular issue for animation? <laughs> Harsh. And I believe already happened for a recent Netflix animation. I don't know anything about that. Has there been a recent Netflix Netflix animation AI generated. Well, we are experts on Netflix animation. It's true. That's animation true. in general. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. but no, I didn't know about that. No. Wow. There's an AI generated show. I mean, it That's, can't be worse than some of the stuff we watch. But, but it uh, is. I think this this will definitely happen. Yeah, I was I was reading an article recently where they were talking about like ChatGPT and how it is absolutely going to kill all of us. Uh, and one of the things they said is like to try and trip it up. They I don't have this true because I read it in an article and obviously everything on the internet is true. But uh, it, they said uh, they asked it to fill out a capture form. You know, one of those. The, you know what capture form is when they say you know click on all of the things that have uh, ladders in them capture. yeah capture capture right, right. form and because obviously that's beyond a machine's ability to do which is the whole point of it so what when they say like click on the traffic lights mm. yes yes <gasps> click on every box that contains the ship of Theseus <laughs> that's a funny joke <laughs> um, and uh, <laughs> say that's a funny joke yeah it's a funny joke <laughs> that's brilliant I point that out just in case you didn't the fact get that it you have it's to, a funny like, joke point that out. Uh, I think we'll be but, the judge of that we have been <laughs> yeah many well, times anyway they asked it to complete it and do you know what it did it went on TaskRabbit and hired a human to do it for Oh my God, it. that's oh, terrifying. That's right? Yeah. Isn't that terrifying? Mm. Oh God. Yeah. So I'm if- not worried about ChatGBT. <laughs> PGT. What's <laughs> 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 Boy's not worried You're- about chat PG tips. Yeah. I don't, yeah. don't know what that is. Because you see, you know, then it can never have the quirky human, you know, uh, input that what we do, what we produce needs. I, I, I think everyone's getting overexcited about it. You think? Yeah. I'm, I remember saying that about the internet about 20 years ago, so, you know. Maybe someone I'm should not... get it to write a script for this podcast. Please write no. a script for an episode no, of the Pilot do, TV. They'll do it. It'll become like a robotic voice and it will do their, it'll be a podcast. Yeah. What's that term for that raspy voice that all of the American podcast hosts kind of oh, have? Yeah. Do you know what, what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. What it's, is that? Uh, um, you, you know, there is a phrase for it, isn't there? Is yeah. that? I read, it, I read yes. an article about yeah. it. Oh, oh it's called? really annoying me yeah. now. But basically, that is the default kind of uh i'm gonna have to look at podcast raspy voice <laughs> this raspy is this is this is hey, i'm gonna Google. i'm gonna take this opportunity to say that if at any point during this week's podcast you said you know what it's really ramshackle like they've gone all over the place mm. it's not tight it's nonsense i'm blaming the heat i'm blaming the heat here i'm blaming the heat now it is because it is too hot in this i would room. say it's a constant <laughs> you think why are you blaming on the heat it's I definitely the heat's we've got Quite ram- I quite like it though the freestyling vibe. And I, of Pilot Plus. Yeah, and I'm I'm using heat with a small and a large H there. So oh, yeah, good, one. good. Good. That was a good um, joke as well. Um, you've got worse in this heat. I have vocal fry. Vocal fry. fry. Oh, that's yeah. the fry. Yeah, oh, it's that, that, isn't it? Kind yeah. of like a slightly gravelly raspy vocal fry. fry. Yeah, and if you look at the new episode, I was going to mention. Uh, we might maybe reviewing it next week. We will do if I have my say. Um, the Windsors have done a special episode. You know the Channel Four comedy. I don't know about the royal family. Oh yeah, which, yeah, yeah. And, and the two B and her sister. What's yeah. the sister's name? Uh, Eugenie. Eugenie have a raspy voice. <laughs> have, have vocal fry. Posh vocal fry. We saw and a the, clip at the launch. Didn't we, we did. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that in news. Is this news? Are we in news already? I mean, it's really hard to tell. Yeah, it is hard to tell. <laughs> well, that was 
I know that was a section that at least vaguely resembled the postbag section or the question, mm. listener question. If you want your listener question answered, do send them to us at Pilot TV Pod on Twitter or Instagram via DM. Uh, Sophie's off at the moment, but I am still around at James E. Dart on Instagram. You can DM them to me there as well. How's the triage going? The triaging is, you know, hit and miss, hit and miss. <laughs> it's a bit hit and miss. Do people know who Sophie is. You keep mentioning this Sophie. Sophie, Sophie Butcher, who is our social media editor, <laughs> okay. who monitors the at Pilot TV Pod yeah. uh, mailboxes. So, okay. just checking. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to the section we laughably refer to as news. And the thing I was alluding to in my non-introduction was that there is going to be a Section oh, 31 yeah. movie with Michelle Yeoh rep- reprising her role as Philippa Giorgio, a.k.a. the Emperor of the Terran Empire, a character who shares many traits in common with her own K. Ribeiro. Uh, so, uh, you know... And <laughs> is she, that... Uh, well, it's lost she, to me, she, so what were you saying? Down, oh, she's a Come lovely on. person. She's lovely, lovely. Mm. Likes kittens. Um, so, yeah, so that, that's exciting. Bits of film, so obviously I can't talk well, about that. It's it is and it isn't, isn't it? Because this is—I was going to bring this up as well. It's a film event. It's a one-off dramatic event on Paramount it. Plus. They're calling it a film event, yeah. which for me, what makes it an event? Do well, they hand out popcorn? What's because going on? it's going to be—it's not going to come out in cinemas, is it? It's no, going to be on. It's TV. on Paramount. It's Plus. a straight to Paramount yes. Plus thing. It's feature length. It is. So it's an, it's a classic example of the ambiguous is it or isn't it a film? So and I feel like Paramount Plus referring to it as a film event in their official publicity information acknowledges the illusion, the ambiguity between a film and an online and a TV so, feature length episode. Just to be clear, have you just talked us as a podcast into putting that on the reviews list no, for the week that it comes out? Because I feel no. very strongly that you have yeah. absolutely been hoist by your own Picard. I don't, so, oh. a gag that I've used before, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but it's still great. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, we are all into recycling, so... <laughs> I don't mind. I don't mind the idea of this uh, feature-length TV episode slash film event um, being reviewed because you know. So yeah, I'm fine with that. I that's, just I'm not. I'm taking against this event thing. Selfish of me. Yeah. One-off yeah. TV drama event is, yeah, a, is something. Event, like... Oh, boys, rolled that out before. Yeah, hundred percent. This is, but this, no, no, no. no this is Paramount Plus it. doing it. Yeah. yeah. In the official correspondence. Yes, you're like dear Paramount Plus. It's called a film. Uh, mm. Yeah. Here's, this is the official wording from Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus announces Star Trek colon Section Thirty One original movie event. <laughs> I mean, they do use the word movie. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But still. But still. But still. Uh, okay, what else has been happening? There is a third series in Anne Rice's Immortal Universe. An immortal universe that is so immortal it has yet to come to the UK in any way, shape, or form. We have yeah. not had Interview with the Vampire. We have not had The Mayfair Witches. So this third one that they're coming up with, I don't know if we're ever going to get that either, but there is another one. So Interview with the Vampire has been renewed for season two. Mayfair Witches has also been re- renewed for season two, even though it was not as well received as Interview with the Vampire. But they are so excited by that that they are growing this. And I think it's going to, be, it's going to involve... Uh, it's called the Talamasca. So it's, it's based on the Talamasca, who are like the... um, oh, They're like supernatural record keepers. They watch the vampires. They watch the witches. They are aware of all. They're like a secret shadowy organisation. So... That's what it's going to be. The Talamasca. So, another series. Kay, you're not excited uh, about Apple, No, but I can tell you some bit of bad news for anyone who liked Apple TV's Dear Edward, the 10-part episode. The series, which was adapted from, was it author Anne Napolitano's novel about a 12-year-old boy who's the only survivor of a plane crash? Well, Oh, we reviewed it. Has yeah, that been axed? It's crash and burned, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's not getting a season two. Good airline crash and burn. Thanks. I appreciate so, that. Or was that... Did you steal that from? No, I made oh, okay. it myself. Yeah, that was weird, wasn't it? That that show. I didn't um, mind it. I thought the first episode was good, but then I didn't go back and watch anymore. So no, I mean that's telling, isn't it? Yeah, really. 
What the news? Oh, we went to a Channel we 4 launch. We went to a big Channel yeah. 4 launch, James. Did you know? Yes. Oh, was I invited? I don't know. You I don't know. Were. Maybe not. It was interesting, wasn't it, Kate? Yes. Although one of the interesting things about it was, so they announced lots of factual, factual entertainment, entertainment, daytime and features, comedies, uh, most of which, which had already been confirmed anyway, um, including The Curse and the Winter's, Winter's Coronation Special, which is on in a couple of weeks, which you might hopefully be reviewing, and The Change, which mm-hmm. has been announced for a while and becoming later this year. And Partygate, which is kind of like a drama documentary about um, Boris Johnson and Partygate, James. <laughs> but what they didn't announce is any mm-hmm. new drama series. None. Zip, none. 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 No new Channel no, 4 drama announced. I was either. surprised. Yeah. I was surprised. What does yeah. it say about the world, Kay? I know. Think? Well, unless they're going to do a different, they wouldn't do a different launch. Can I just say, at Snack Chat, uh, we had, for, um, you know, I like to rate all the launches by the uh, food we were offered. And we had a great uh, selection for lunch, including a heritage tomato salad <laughs> and some other bits. What's a heritage tomato? You know, the fancy ones, the different colour ones, and they're just like, I don't know what makes them, why, why are they called heritage tomatoes? Um, Do you know? I don't know, but it's a common, it's a very famous type of tomato. Yeah. To I don't fair. eat tomatoes because they taste like the ground. Uh, you so don't I eat don't, tomatoes? Oh, I don't like tomatoes. <laughs> They taste like the ground. <laughs> the well, like all vegetables. I mean, okay. it's grown in the ground. We need to hold on. We yeah, need to. On, we rewind. need to dig deep for this. No, no, you know, I, I, yes, I, I, is this no. Are you a super taster? <laughs> yes, whatever it was. Yes, well, you don't like I'm tomatoes. I don't like tomatoes. I, but I will eat. I will eat uh, tomato soup. Pine tomato oh, soup. Okay. I will eat. I, He's like I, a toddler. I'm more <laughs> of a I'm a brown sauce man, not a ketchup man, oh, but I will okay. I will occasionally. But I don't I don't like tomatoes. Brown sauce, own. red sauce, what no other, sauce at all. Um, tomato sauce, pasta, what like other sauce. Things fine. do you not like to eat because they taste of soil? Oh, I don't think we have that kind of time. Oh my god! Okay, brilliant. Wow. That's a big list. That's like a big a, list. He's an adult toddler. There was a, there was a, I can't remember where we were, but I was around some friends. Something there was a list. They said you are a fussy eater. It's I think there were twenty foods on the list. They said you're you're a fussy eater if you don't eat more than five things on this list. Hmm. Let's just say, if this were a test, I aced that test um, out of 20. I right, nailed it. Well, you, point, so you are it. a fussy eater. Yes. You are a fussy eater. <laughs> Look at him. He looks like a fussy eater now. What's the difference between a fussy eater and a super Oh, that, I think they're two separate things, but they probably, the Venn diagram well, I, I probably collides. I don't see how collides. your super tongue... Um, <laughs> Matt, Let's never call it that. That works in relation to you not liking any of these other... Uh, this how did we get onto my hatred of tomatoes? Because Kay was talking understand. about the food the that the channel heritage tomatoes like, yeah. rather than the lack of drama. Should, should I pull this kicking and screaming back to the idea of news? Yes. Okay, but at some point we do have to discuss We have to discuss tomatoes. Were you going to bring up the Doctor Who pictures that have been released Week. Do you know what? I saw this, the 1960s mm, Doctor Who pictures yes. of Shooty Gatwa yes. and who else? Millie Gibson. Millie Gibson. Who's one, the new um, uh, companion. They're going back to the 60s. Yes. I'm and excited about Shooty. Yeah. I'm so excited about yeah. Shooty. Yeah. It's very striking. They were striking costumes. Very striking. Um, and so uh, I'm, I'm trying to find, find the quote about that show, about these pictures. Another live Google. Live Google. <laughs> a boogler, um, let's call it. If you thought the appearance of David Tennant was a shock, we've got plenty more surprises on the way. The path to shoot his 15th Doctor is laden with mystery, horror, robots, puppets, danger, and fun, said showrunner Russell T. Davis. We're giving you a year to speculate, then all hell lets loose. <gasps> exciting. Bloody hell, that's exciting, yeah. yeah. Even I'm excited as a non hoovian It's quite a star thing to do, isn't it, to have your hero, your time travel hero, go back in time to an era like the 60s with and Don period garb. It's quite Star Trek-y. 
they have done that. Yeah. I will grant you that. Yeah. They have I'm OG stuff. Times Arrow. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm thinking next generation Times Arrow. Yeah, I'm talking well. about OG I'm best. Yeah. Uh, not at all. Um, okay, but you know we still haven't done that thing. We were doing these Doctor Who cultural exchange, which again has been that, that. that particular <laughs> you know Tardis shaped ball has been in your court, Boydie. Like you were supposed oh, to pick out an episode. It's entirely your fault. You were supposed to pick out an episode of Doctor Who for me and Kay to watch, and you didn't do it. James's face. He knows he's done wrong. Absolute bullshit. Yeah. Like every week we have a free slot we have a free half hour to kill <laughs> we just, just get to talk about James, yeah. we have to do this Jesus like on Picard yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah just saying just saying you've done it right there's a twilight tv show in development oh, yeah, how are you feeling about that i mean it's inevitable isn't it like the bloody harry potter one i mean it's so is it is it just telling this retelling the same stories like i, harry I suspect potter? yes yes and there's also a galaxy quest tv series oh yeah now that i'm excited about because galaxy quest is a phenomenally brilliant film okay okay isn't it, James? It is. It's, yes, it's very, very good. If they can it's a Star Trek sort of spoof, though, yeah. so I don't think Kay would love it. It's a Star it. Trek spoof couched in, you know, a, it's a nerdy thing, but couched in brilliant comedy. It's really funny. It's a classic, classic funny film. Alan Rickman, absolutely fantastic in it. Um, and he was very, very fond of that film. I interviewed him, and he, he absolutely loved it. And uh, for me, if they can capture the tone of Galaxy Quest, and this has been discussed many for years, yeah. hasn't it, really? The idea of a Galaxy yeah, Quest TV series. So it sounds like they're finally going to do it. A lot of people talk about the Orville. Wasn't that sort of, didn't that yeah. cover a lot of that Orville. ground? Yeah. Not, not like Keith and Orville. <laughs> So uh, excited, <laughs> so excited. And cuddles the monkey. No, yeah. it's not that. It's no. not that. That's Family Guy. Seth thing is Seth MacFarlane. Seth MacFarlane yes. did, uh, which is why I don't watch it. It's insane, insane. Um, yeah, but if they can capture the 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 tone of Galaxy Quest, yes, oh, then I'm fully on board. With that. that will be yeah. exciting. Yeah, I mean, who cares about the? I might say that. There's loads of Twilight fans out there. People have said I like the Twilight films. They're very good, most of them. So you know, I'll allow it. I have read all of the Twilight books. That's absolutely true. Of course true. you have. Yeah. Uh, uh, Baywatch is being rebooted as well. Yes, that was discussed on this morning. Okay. So that's, yeah, you know, very good. And Amazon are apparently looking at a number of properties that they are going to revitalize in either film or TV form. I don't know which, but they include Barbershop, Fame, Legally Blonde, Pink Panther, Robocop, mm. Stargate... The Magnificent Seven and the Thomas Crown Affair. So we don't just, know which one of those are TV shows, which ones are films. original content, for sure. fuck's sake. Also, because Stargate, bear in mind, has had one film and, let me think, one, two, three, f- I think four TV shows. I've watched all of Stargate SG-1. I've watched all of Stargate <laughs> Universe. I have not watched the animated series, obviously. and I watched, But I watched a decent amount of Stargate Atlantis, which is where we first met uh, Jason Momoa. Well, where I first met him. <laughs> So to speak. Uh, yeah. Right, so to speak. Um, uh, what channel is that that's doing all those? It's Amazon. Huh? Amazon Prime has, Video. owns all of these, uh, these products. Don't call them Amazon, yeah. call them Prime Don't, Video. <laughs> but hey, look, I'm just saying that they own Did it. Did you, um, and who, the Pink Panther, was that one of them? No, I'm saying now, do yes. not, do, do yeah, not exactly. ruin the Pink do Panther. Not fuck with Pink my Panther. whole childhood was pretty much built around watching the Pink Panther films with Peter Sellers, and they are Inspector among Cuso. my most treasured. Yeah. I do not enjoy them or find them funny. Well, I mean, that's saying, no, not saying anything. Of course right? you don't. I mean, they are. To be fair to them, they are significantly now. dated, but they're still fantastic. I love watching. I watched rewatched some of the, the classic Pink Panther films. Shot in the Dark, of course, the second one, which was not even named Pink Panther in the title. Uh, it's brilliant. It's one of the best ones. I don't think okay. I've seen that one. Oh, look, check it out. Shot mm. in the Dark. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Did either of you watch the trailer for Class of 09? New. No, but I'm excited about this. Yes. yes. So there's a new FX drama and it stars Kate Mara and Brian Tyree Henry and it looks, it's espionage yes. It's got it, like, oh, it's conspiracy And it's written by my neighbour, Tom Rob Smith. 
the oh, Charles wow. 40, yeah, of Charles 44 and um, the People versus, no, not um, uh, American Crime Story, the second one, uh, Gianni Versace. Do you have a pop round to ask for to borrow some sugar? Well, I used to. Um, he used to literally live two floors above me in my building in SE1, but he's now pretty much full-time moved to, to New York and he oh. posts very, very good photos of New York on his Instagram almost on a daily basis, making me very jealous. <sighs> but he's a brilliant, go visit. brilliantly talented writer and he's very, I'm very excited about that project. Yes. Okay. Did you see the trailer for The Idol? You know what The Idol is? This is the um, the Netflix controversial, uh, not Netflix, sorry, HBO, controversial show that I mentioned a few weeks ago. There was a big article in one of the trade press in America about rumours of, of, of turmoil on set. This is the one created by Sam Levinson of Euphoria fame, stock, co-created and starring The Weeknd. The, the pop popular music act, which you, even you've heard of, James is nodding. And Lily Rose Depp, it's about Lily Rose Depp as a, is a singer and he tr- gets her to join some kind of religious cult. So it's like religious cult meets pop kind of drama uh-huh. with lots of sex, gratuitous sex and right. nudity, apparently. And um, at one point there was rumoured that it wasn't even, wasn't even going to come out this year, but it's been confirmed it's going to be on HBO and Sky Atlantic in June, quite soon. I think, in fact, it'll be taking over in the big slot after um, Succession, when Succession finishes. Uh-huh. That's my feeling. Um, and I'm really excited about it. And the trailer, right, here's my view on the trailer. It's either going to be terrible or brilliant. <laughs> You, can, Thanks, you just can't tell. <laughs> no, there's no middle ground. I'm glad you're here to offer this valuable yeah, insight. It is an insight. The silliest thing you've said. Well, no, 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 it's not, because it's not going to be okay. Fine, it's either going to be terrible or brilliant, that's what I'm saying. And that is oh, an okay, insight. Fine. I think yeah, you're fine. Right. It's either a five-star no. or a one-star. Yeah. There is no in-between. There is no in-between. No, so, that yeah. is actually an yeah. insight. Yeah, see, see? Um, I've just got some breaking news, because I've just been checking Whoa. my email, reading my emails, Boyd. What's your <laughs> Which he says I never do. Uh, BBC has just announced that there's going to be a second series of Blue Lights. Your uh, fave. Of course. Good, good stuff. Good, yeah. uh, Phelpsy. Phelpsy was uh, posting yeah. about that on Instagram. She is loving it. It's fantastic. Loving it. Yeah. Also, uh, The Rapture, so that is Liz Jensen's best-selling 2009 novel, is going to get adapted into a five-part drama starring Ruth Madeley. Uh, that's another BBC announcement. Love, Ru- love Ruth Madeley. And... Of It's a Sin fame. Finally, Jack, this is exciting, Jack Thorne is writing the four-part drama based on Lord of the Flies. Mm. I mean, it seems a bit redundant with yellow jackets on, but sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yellow jacket is, but yellow this jacket is, the, is and this Lord is of the Flies ladies. Yes. 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 No, I was I was being facetious. Of I don't course. know if that was facetious. clear. But uh, yes, no, Lord of the Flies. I studied Lord of the Flies for my GCSEs. Mm. Well, you'll enjoy this. I think I did as well, actually. Yeah. I didn't. Or well, O-level as I did. As I, oh, wow. wow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you are older than <laughs> I, I thought. <laughs> Boyd is older than the pyramids. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. That is outrageous. Oh, that's that's mad. So so Boydie, tell us, what were the hanging gardens of Babylon actually oh. like? You know? Were they Boydie, as beautiful as not, people reported? Do you not take this from him? This is outrageous. <laughs> yeah, right. Are we at the end of news? Are we I've done got with one news? More thing to Oh, you've got another thing. Okay. Go which on. is that ITVX has uh is revealed that they're doing really well as a streaming service. Oh, good. And yes, they've got lots of streamers have signed up. Um and the other interesting thing was that Apple TV Plus's streaming um, uh, subscriptions are going up as well. A lot. Good. Yeah. Good. Which is very good because as we keep saying, every pretty much every week, Apple TV Plus has some of the best shows on TV. And there may or may not be another brilliant show on Apple TV Plus oh, imminent. No. I can't oh, yeah, wait you can find Oh, yeah, I watched that, this. by the way. Oh, did you? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, did you like it? Um, you can't say it's embargo. It's embargo. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I was excited about that, that they're both doing very well. <laughs> that Great. is the news. Boydy is excited. And with that, we end news. <laughs> Uh, let's have another guess. Uh, Reese Shearsmith and Steve Pemberton are back this week on our screens with the eighth season of their long-running, numerically specific anthology <laughs> series, Inside Number 9. Both of them spoke to Boydie this week, uh, and while they weren't in Speedos, 
they were in bed, apparently. <laughs> Boydy, please explain. They were. They were about to host a screening of an episode, upcoming episode in Manchester. They filmed it in Manchester. So they thought it would be nice to give it back to the Mancunians and have a special screening. And they were staying in. They'd just arrived in the hotel and they were occupying the same bed to talk to me on the Zoom. I think people feel so relaxed with mm, you that yeah. they're either in their speedos or they're just in bed. They're Maybe so cash. Both. Maybe yeah. both, yeah. yeah. Okay, great. This is Boydy. With terrible mic techniques, which is why it sounds awful. Uh, and and do you want to say, come on, buddy, you had a technical difficulty and you had to unplug your mic. This is what I happens, had to unplug my mic. Yes. And yeah, I didn't want to keep them waiting. Yeah. I couldn't work out what was going wrong. I so, think we should know. commend Boyd for getting the chat in the first yeah, place. Thanks, Kerry, yeah, thanks, <laughs> <laughs> This is Boydie, Reece Shearsmith, and Steve Pemberton. Welcome, Reese and Steve, to the uh, Pilot TV podcast. Thank you very much for joining us. How are you doing? Uh, we're doing very good, thank you. Very well. We're currently sat on the same bed like Eric and Ernie. <laughs> We've just checked into a hotel in Manchester and uh, Reese has come to my room, I hasten to add. Lovely. For a screening of Inside Number Nine, Series Eight. Fantastic. A private screening. <laughs> it's not private, actually, is no. it? The public were allowed, are allowed in. And uh, so it will be interesting to see, as ever, the reaction to it because you never know what people yeah. are going to make these things. Yeah. So it'd be fun. Uh, which episode are you showing? Oh, episodes. One and two? It's no, it's not ones that we've already shown. It's uh, oh. it's one called uh, the last weekend, and uh, we thought we've already done a screening in Man in uh, London at the mm. BFI as we do every year because we filmed this series in Manchester. Uh, we're giving back to the people of the north, nice. and we are people of the north. Uh, so we thought we'd we'd come up here and do a screening because a lot of our uh, crew. Uh, we're, uh, we're Manchester based and um, yeah it's nice to get out and uh, not do not make things so London centric so we're showing a new episode no one's ever seen before fantastic fantastic now this is the eighth series uh, which I guess when you first started could you have ever have imagined that it would be going on for this long when you decided to do this kind of unique different story each week anthology show or was it your ambition that it could go on for, for years and years and years um, certainly not no I mean we pitched it in a, as a response to we, they didn't want any more Psychoville, and we thought, well, let's do one-off stories in in sort of the wake of the fact that one episode in Psychoville that we did with Mark, which was sort of a one-off playlet, that seemed like a fun thing to do. So we thought, let's try and do, could we do a series of that sort of thing? And, uh, yeah, we thought it, we would get six half hours, and we had no idea one year to the next that it would go on and on and on for 10 years. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. And does it make it easy? I mean, obviously you've got, you know, the different tones you can go to with this show. You know that, you know, the unique nature of it. You are the creators of it, et cetera, and what you can and can't do. But does it make it easier as time goes by to think up your ideas or does it make it harder because you've done so many? I think definitely harder. Um, although having said that, you know, I don't recall there ever being a series that we've just sped through and thought, well, that was easy. Um, yeah. Every new episode is, is a blank sheet of paper or a blank computer screen that you're staring at. And they all just require, you know, new characters, a new story engine, a new way of telling the story. And uh, I think what's the hard bit is because the show's become known for its surprises, shall we say, or... Mm. Once you've pulled a few of those and you've you've uh, really surprised your audience in certain ways, you don't want to do that again, or you you want to avoid you know repeating those type of things. So and there's only so many 
Um, so we're having to try and come up with new ways to confound and surprise the audience. And, and that's been the tricky bit, I think. And we've tied ourselves in knots on some of these episodes because we're constantly thinking, yeah, but if we do that, people will already think that that's the ending. So now we've got to go a step further yeah. and it ends up being complete gobbledygook. But that's that's the problem, yeah, that people now are on to it. And so you're not quite doing – we don't have the luxury of people not expecting something to not be as it seems. So that's a harder trick now to sort of hide that. But you still do pull off like a remarkable number of twists, as I'm calling them, um, uh, yeah. per episode, sometimes multiple twists within each episode. And I think the first two shows of this series prove that, that you're still – coming up with these surprise moments. So it's not like you're stopping doing the twist. Yeah, well, that's good. I'm glad you said that. I mean, and also, it, it really is about the storytelling of... That's why I don't like it when you read synopsis of things, if they slightly just tell you beat for beat, because within yeah. that, there are some moments that are you hope will be a... a, a, a you know, a, the penny will turn in a different way that you're expecting. If you've read it all, you'll go, yeah, I read that was going to happen, I read that was going to happen. So you are losing some of the... Uh, the story and the surprise along the way. But yes, we, you're right. We do do a few things that you're, you're thinking it's one thing and it becomes another, and that isn't the end. That's like 10 minutes in. Right, yeah. right. Uh, the, the first of the new series, Mother's Ruin, I, I, I remember, before, I'm sure before um, you've said that, you know, you, you'd like to start a series with maybe like a lighter, you know, episode or, you know, <laughs> funnier, you know, you've really gone full on. I, I don't think I've seen, I'm not going to spoil it, but I will say there's a scene of brutality, shall we say, of gore, <laughs> that is almost unparalleled in, in, certainly in the history of your show, but it's quite rare to see on that level of, on TV. So did you, when did you decide to make a to have that element of this episode and B, make it the first episode of the new series? The fun part always is at the end when we've written, we've filmed all six, that's not really, it's not until we have them all that we can then really begin to decide the order. You know, we don't ever have a, an order pre-existing before we've filmed them. And that's so, and I don't quite know how we arrived at having that one as the f number one, because it is gory. Well, yeah, the, the second episode, which, uh, what's it called again, Boyd? The second it's episode? called Parascathida <laughs> Catriophobia. Very that's good. Not too bad at all, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I've been practising all day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, that is a, a far uh, funnier uh, one, I, I guess. And um, so we were we were sort of tossing between the, those two episodes. And um, I, th I think we slightly lost a bit of faith in it as, as being as, uh, you know, as funny as we wanted it to be because we'd seen it so many times. And um, what was extraordinary when we did the screening uh, in, in London uh, a few weeks ago, it, it was just how well that went down and really and well yeah really a lot of laughter and we suddenly realized it was funnier than we thought it was so um but you know what we lo love to do with inside number nine is have no rules no way which is a set way of doing things so if people are tuning in hoping it's going to be uh, one of those light funny zanzibar style zany knockabout comedies then all the more surprise for them when certain things happen yeah and and the, and the choice to make it as sort of brutal as it is, it was, well, it was sort of was a deliberate choice to think how far can we go? Because you never know. You can write something, and then of course, it, and you can film it even. But then it gets to the edit, and, and the um, the powers that be see it and say that's too much, and you've got to start to re-edit it and turn it down. So there's a slight balancing act of hoping that you will get it to be satisfying in the way that you imagined it, but equally knowing on the other flip side it might be compromised by taste 
and um, people's squeamishness. But the, it's sort of not been. It's, it is quite horrible. So we're pleased with it. Yeah, it really is. It remind, I, I, was remind, I always think when people say about famous moments of violence on screen, like in Scarface, you never actually see the thing, you know. The, uh, in, yeah. your, in this episode, you do see the thing. You see it, yes, absolutely, yeah. No, it's, uh, it'd be fun for you to get the reaction, yeah. Could you have ever done that, you know, when you first started 10 years ago? Or do you think you've earned trust from both the BBC and viewers, etc., that, you know, you are going to push the boundaries and you are going to um, challenge us? Uh, yeah, I think I think hopefully people now know what the brand is, for want of a better word. Um, but we are pretty circumspect when it comes to showing... Um, you know, more violent and, and bloody and gory things, uh, usually. And, um, yeah, I, I think we've earned the, the right to do it. We don't get an awful lot. I mean, there's a couple of episodes in this series that we've, you know, we've had to go back and forth on editorially-wise, but um, that that's to be expected when, when you're getting into a, an eighth series, I think. And, um, you know, we, want it, we don't want to keep it the same. We don't want to keep it stale. So... Uh, yeah, hopefully people will come with us on that. And it's only part of the episode. Just close your eyes for a few seconds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. People can take it. Yeah, exactly. Um, it is an extraordinary episode. It's kind of like an East End gangster story meet with necromancy, uh, yeah. I, I would describe it as. And you always say you don't cast, um, you don't think of people when you're writing it, but you have got Anita Dobson and Phil Daniels who both feel like two kind of iconic East End particularly actors. So you didn't have them in mind when you're writing, even, even with this episode? Yeah, no, we didn't. I mean, I think it was it was that ilk, and you know, and we got very quick yeses from Anita and and Phil. That was delightful because we were like they're perfect for it, mm. and uh, so we were really happy that they were free and um, they were the first people we asked. So it was really, really great because they do fit the bill perfectly. And as a as a, a husband and wife, they're sort of ideal. So they they work really well. We had a great week with them, and they really launched themselves into the spirit of it. You know, it is a extreme story with big performances but they make it very real and they sort of flip the whole story on its head in the second episode similarly with casting your 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 reese your wife is played by amanda abington who you've just been on stage with for the last that's few right. months in the other friend basically for a year yeah being on and off so that's that was great to um be back with her again as man and wife so we we got on very well amanda and i laugh a lot together we did I mean, she was my wife. Uh, no, she wasn't my wife, but I visited her as Mr. Jelly in Psychoville many years ago. Yeah. To uh, the, one of the very first, I think the first time we find Mr. Jelly on Out and About, wasn't it? And, yeah. Children's and, party. Yeah, children's party. So we've known her for a long time. We did thrilled that she wanted to do it, and she said yes straight away. And it was it was a great fun time with her as well. That was a, that was a fun episode to do. Very slapsticky in a way. Yeah. I love the slapstick. I think, and it's interesting. You were saying you were surprised by the reaction. I was at that BFI. Screen yeah. in London, and it did bring the house down. The slapstick w worked so well. I think there was a huge warmth feeling in the room about ah, slap because slapstick is hard to pull off, isn't it? Did you did you did you find it hard? I mean, you've done slapstick moments before a lot throughout your career, but this is so yeah. built around that. I feel did it, was it a challenge to get that all right? Get the timing of it so right? It was, wasn't mm. it? Yeah. I mean, the director uh, George Kane was very. He knew from the start that there was a certain sort of musicality to the scene and the escalation of the hysteria and everything going wrong for that man on that day. And he sort of sort of knew in the edit how he wanted it to sort of build and build. And you want to get it right because there is it, it feels like there is a a right and a wrong way. You just sort of can tell in the edit when something lands and works. But yeah, I think we did sort of become immune to it because we were genuinely really surprised that it was going down so well. 
I'm glad it was. It wasn't either way around. But um, <laughs> you, you do what it's a fun thing to do. We haven't really done it since a quiet night in the, the mm. silent episode that we did years ago in the series one. So it was fun to go back to that and just sort of uh, have the whole day sort of unravel. It was the germ of the idea was the the thing of you know a man wants nothing to go wrong, everything goes wrong. You know, basically you pull one one thread and escalation and all hell ensues. And that was really the trajectory of the whole thing. I know you have kind of notebooks full of ideas and sometimes you go back. Is this an, an idea that's been around for a while or is this one that's re relatively new for when you were writing this eight series? Oh, yeah. The idea for a long time of, um, I mean, I remember being um, a young father and that's a lot many years ago now. I'm just trying to get out of the house with a baby in one of these baby beyond carriers and just knocking the stair gate off and then trying to screw it back in and cutting my finger and there's blood on the napping. You know, you could see how very, how fun it could be. Just trying to, so I wrote down in my notebook, trying to get out of the house. <laughs> now this is the opposite. This is trying to stay in the house and not let anybody in. And coupled with that, sometimes you think of a title and you just think, I would really love to do something with that title. And when we found that word, periscopy <laughs> decotriophobia, yeah. uh, we just thought how fun it would be to have to have the screen enough to accommodate this hugely long word. And so putting those two things, we've talked about it for a while, yes, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. Our series eight comes along because we've never done that one about Friday the 13th. Let's read a bit more about it and let's develop it. And um, yeah, you never know. Sometimes you get three or four days into an idea and you go, well, it's not coming off. It's, you know, we're not, we're not that happy with it, but we felt like we had something. We felt it was funny on the page, but like I say, by the time we'd filmed it, edited it, and watched it so many times. We, you know, we we we're very happy with it, but we weren't sure it was strong enough to start with. Now, I think it's going to be a fan favorite. A hundred percent. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And just to go back to Mother's Room, was that what what came first in that in in the conception of that? Was it doing an East End gangster kind of thing? Was it a necromancy? How did that? What, what was the spark? It was a bit of both. I think it was the the world of the gangster that we hadn't ever explored, and the language that they use in that sort of. Um, Logan way there that Ben Kingsley in Sexy Beast that it's that world and it's that mm. sort of richness of the the Burkhoff type thuggery and uh, I, it was just like that felt like it was something we'd never done and the violence that accompanies that and how scary that can be in the in the real world because then setting it in a bungalow and making it very mundane but then and, and but have the heightenedness of the of the black magic aspect as well it was a lot of things that were just sort of pulled in to give it lots of many twists and turns within it but um so yeah that it was was an exploration of that type of character i think that it was character driven initially with the, we haven't done those type of people before coming up uh, talk a little bit about what the, you've got for the rest of this we should say ex explain by the way the christmas episode was the first of the series that wasn't it, officially if people start complaining there's only five episodes <laughs> yeah. in the series. you know what people are like um yeah. but that was the first episode proper, right, in season eight? That's right, yeah. The Bones of St. Nicholas, which uh, does Simon Callow and uh, Shodna Galati. And, and you know, we were delighted with that. It, it was it was a real Christmas ghost story. So that's episode one. And we're picking up again a few weeks later with uh, Mother's Ruin. So there'll be five eps. Uh, we've got one which is about dating. We've got one which is about grief. And we've got one that's set on a bus. <laughs> Then the bus one, we've seen you clearly in on the buses style um, outfits and coats. Can you say any more about that or without spoiling it? Well, we're, we're keeping our cars close to our chest with the bus one, but it, it, it came from, you know, it was almost a fan joke that 
we're often stopped and the people suggest number nines. And of course, the thing that goes into anyone's head is the number nine bus. And we uh, we had talked about it in the past and thought, should we do it? And then we thought, actually, maybe it would be fun and we're getting to the end that we should actually try a story set on a, on a bus. So uh, we got the amazing, um, when we had the idea, Robin Asquith, who Steve had worked with on Benidorm, was perfect for the part that we were imagining because he embodies the the sort of trajectory that we've gone with in the, uh, like you say, the on the buses style seventiesness of it. So he was great, and he he was a, such a fun, had a great week with him, didn't we? Yeah, he was, you know, he's full of stories, Robin, and um, it was a bit like when we cast Rula Lenska in the uh, Devil of Christmas episode, which again mm. had that seventies vibe, and and you get to work with these actors like Anita Dobson and and, and like Phil Daniels and. You just luxuriate in their presence. It's 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 such a a thrill for us because we have a different set of people and a different set of stories every week. We've heard all each other's stories several <laughs> times. <laughs> yeah, and not that we're sick of each other, but it, it it really gives us a new energy when when new actors come in every week. So he was brilliant to work with. Then we've got Claire Rushbrook, who's who's an amazing actress who, who does an episode. We've got Asim Chowdhury, we've got Matthew Hall, we've got Francis Barber, Sheila Reed, of course, another uh, friend of mine from Benidorm. Who else have we got? Yeah. That's yeah. There's more casts. I mean, there's not that many parts. Yeah, so um, yeah, good good lot of people. But yeah, show. I think for an eighth series, there is a very strong um, mix in the tonally mm. what we've done this time round. So hopefully that will still. Um, delights a lot of people. I'm sure it does seem that way. And presumably, and, and inside, you've, you've kind of said that the next, the ninth series will be the last, or at least, you know, barring specials or whatever, I guess. Have yeah. you, do you think, do you feel like you have to come up with particularly different, new, spectacular, like have you, <laughs> do, have, do you know how you're going to, you know, end it or what the last episode is going to be in this stage? No, we don't actually know. We've been discussing possibilities it's impossible to to wrap it up because it isn't one thing so right. it's impossible to define what the show is in one episode uh we will really ponder that but um i think more than and in fact for the first time ever probably we should know when we write it that this is the last episode where well, we never have before right. of any series we've just written six new stories and then chosen an order. But I think probably it might be good to have half an eye on thinking. And this, for whatever reason, will be the end one. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But we've yet to write it. We've written a few of the new ones, but not the end one. Fair enough. Brilliant. Yeah. Well, I mean, from what I've seen at Series 8, it's, it's as fantastic as ever. Uh, thank you very much, Lisa Steve, for joining us. Thank you. Brilliant. Thank you, boy. Thank you for having us. Right, that was Reese Shearsmith and Steve Pemberton and time for this week's reviews. And first up this week, we have The Curse, specifically Series 2 of The Curse, a Channel 4 comedy I've never seen, which apparently revolves around the antics of a gang of hapless thieves who stole, I don't know, some gold and fled Spain, except for Big Mick, who's in prison for reasons. Uh, I feel a little bit like I've been hoodwinked by a show that is called The Curse for the second... Well, a show, frankly, I've been hoodwinked by a show's title for the second week running. Like, Drops of God or God Drops, whatever it's called, was not about supernatural things at all. This <laughs> is called The Curse, but as far as I could tell, there were no curses or supernatural shenanigans <laughs> of any kind. Uh, Boydie, please explain. <laughs> uh, I like the way you let me do this, even though, because you're both yes. your usual rules. Yes. 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 Your usual rules. It's going to happen twice. I know. Oh, oh really? I'm doing the intro on the faith. Well, yes. not only um, uh, did do, am I entirely... Um, uh, did I do the interview with Big Tom 
Davis for this uh, very podcast. And take a picture with him in his pants. I also took a picture of him in his trunks um, in Gran Canaria where it was filmed. And I got to go do a set visit in Gran Canaria. And? For, and I, what? Oh, and I've got cameo in it as well. He's got and, he's got, and he's got a cameo in it. He's the lead. And he's, Boyd, it's going to be You're in the curse. curse. Yeah. I'm in the curse. Well, I in haven't, his speedos. I haven't yet watched the episode, so I don't know 100% right. whether they'll make it in the final you cut. Have to Boyd make is the in cut. the curse. Yeah. But I so, assume I will be because I'm so, next to a new character right. by Carl Smith Bino of um, Ghost Fame, and I'm right next to him in the song. You're going to be in so it. I think I'm I will so be excited. Yeah. Well, I now pass you over to Boyd Hilton for an entirely objective and in no way biased review of the curse. Exactly. That he's in. The curse, really, James, is that, you know, this is effectively a comedy spin on the same story of the, the gold, gold yeah. which was the Brinks Matt, Matt yeah. yeah, robbery, where famously the bunch of thieves and robbers, uh, kind of of a South East, South London background, gathered to, to um, rob this Brinks Matt um, place, bank, with hoarding loads of foreign currency. And they thought they were just going to get, you know, quite a lot of foreign currency, but they ended up stealing loads of bars of gold many millions of pounds worth we now would be hundreds of millions of pounds worth of gold bullion and and they kind of stole it by accident really and so it was quite a funny story anyway kind of which the gold told in kind of brilliantly in dramatic terms I don't know whether he finished it but this the curse series one which pre which came before the gold remember and there's channel and there's Sky's um, uh, 80s set Costa del Crime drama Town Called Malice which we reviewed a couple weeks ago as well which is set in completely the same world as well when basically thieves British thieves and crims went off to Spain because there was no extradition treaty so series one of the curse was all about how these Londoners managed to end up coming together these doofus thieves of various levels of incompetence came together to steal all this money and accidentally stole some gold and then didn't know what to do with it series two transplants them as you alluded to to Spain to the Costa del Crime shot in Gran Canaria uh, except a big mick played by Tom Davis um, who's in prison because he's left behind because the others managed to escape because Poor he's Mick. the ultimate incompetent yeah. doofus. He was left behind. But he does, as the spoiler of my picture of him, myself with him in Trunks shows, he does make it to Spain and he does in the towards the end of the first episode as well. Um, and the reason it's called The Curse is because they, they're cursed in the sense that you know, the whole idea is ridiculous and they're, they're all, and, and Emma Kenny. Also, it's example, hard to shift, right? The yeah, it's like, hard to shift. It's an albatross. Right? Yeah, and her character, she thinks the, the whole thing is a disaster is all going wrong. It's all narrated by characters like constantly pointing out they're all going to be cursed and it's going to be a terrible thing. It's going to ruin all their lives. So that is the, that is the reason why it's called The Curse. I, yes, I unashamedly love this show. I'd be fa- I can't wait to see what James thinks of it. I mean, that's what I'm on tentative. I don't want to find know what out. He thinks no, about I don't. He's going to ruin it. Yeah, he might ruin it. <laughs> this second series. I mean, I think the first series was flat out funny. You know, in all kinds of ways. It's it's kind of brings together the King Gary talent of Big Tom, of Big Tom Davis, um, and uh, James DeFrond, James DeFrond, writer director, with the people just do nothing gang: Steve Stamp, Alan Mustafa, Hugo Chegwin, Alan Sipa, Mustafa, Hugo Chegwin, etc. And this bringing together of these two comedic forces just works fantastically well. And Emma. Uh, Annie McKenney, yeah, yeah who uh, she was in the first series, but now she's been writing this part of the second series as well. She did Karen um, Piri. Piri, thank you. Uh, it's very hot in here. My brain's addled. Um, <laughs> so all of these talents coming together, brilliant cult comedy creations. I think Big Mick, the voice of Big Mick, is one of the funniest <laughs> vo- vocal choices by an actor ever. It's, it's bold, a brilliant, a yeah. bold, brilliant. Which is based someone in the action news. I think he talks about it in the interview, uh, if I if we remember rightly. It's just vivid, 
brilliantly invented characters in very funny situations. I love the recreation of this second series of the eighties of the Costa del Crime. Um, it's really well considering it's on a you know on a on a on a Channel Four budget, which is not going to be enormous. James Defond, the director, does a fantastic job making it look great. Um, it's 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 wonderful. I think it's brilliant. How tall is Big Tom Davis? Yeah, he's like I think he's about six. Four or five. Okay. Yeah, he is twice the size. I was about to say he is. When the two of you together, there are two of you in one of him. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) David Williams said it was like he's the inflated version of me. It was quite a good, uh, quite a good way of looking at it. Yeah, it is a remarkable height difference. Yeah, I mean, I am basically a small, very small man. He is a very, very big guy. He is big. Yeah. Yes. They don't call him Big Tom Davis for nothing. No, that's that seems fair. Exactly. Okay. Were you a fan? Yeah, and I'm biased as well, I have to say. I'm not Are you in, in it too? <laughs> no, I wish. No, I'm not in it, but I'm just a huge fan of Tom Davis. And I always, you know, like anything he's in, I think he's just such a great actor and and uh, like a character actor. He's fantastic um, and loved all the other stuff that him and James have done together. Um, and the Wolf and Our podcast, as I've discussed. So, he, and he's a nice guy. So I, I was always like, you know, going to love this, but I just love the characters. I think it's just a fun crime caper. It's exactly what it sets out to be. And I love that it's set in the eighties. I love all the, you know, Hugo Cheguin, Sipa, Steve Stamp. I think they're great. And so, yeah, it just picks up where it left off. And now we're in a more sunny uh, climate and I enjoyed it immensely. I mean, I was joining it in series two, so I had no earthly idea what was happening. Mm-hmm. I mean, but it's not hard to get. I picked it up. Like, yeah. I, I, I worked it out. I was like, it's okay, not like I'm, the expanse coming straight in the middle of that or something, is it? Really? <laughs> no, it's definitely not yeah, the expanse. If you can't get this, yeah. I mean. Uh, no, I mean, I vaguely understood what's going on. Yeah. It's not for me. I think that's fair to say, right? It's not really my thing. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, I, yeah, I I'm not going to say it's a bad show because I don't think that's true. I, I, it's just it's just not my cup of, you know, yeah. vino. Uh, sangria. So, yeah, or, oh, God, that would have been better. Yeah, a cup of sangria. That's good. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's not my cup of sangria. It's not my cup of sangria. <laughs> it sounds yeah, like Mick. I just, <laughs> yeah, I, deliberately. The, like, I, the Mick thing is funny because he's it's such an overt, silly comedy performance. Deliberately. That's like, yeah, not yeah. criticism. That's yeah. what he's setting out to yeah. do. And weirdly, the tone of those scenes with Big Mick in prison felt slightly different to the Costa del Sol tones in terms of it felt more overtly comedy comedy mm. with a capital C comedy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I enjoyed those more. I think the other bits were funny-ish. Not unfunny, but like funny-ish didn't really amuse me. The prison stuff, I thought, okay, this is actually genuinely quite funny. I think that's a fair point. I mean, he is an overtly funny, oh, yeah. you know, he's meant yeah. to be that yeah. big comedy character and he and he delivers in space. Yeah. And even more than series one, actually, there is a kind of quite a contrast sometimes. This, this gets quite dramatic in ways because people, there is violence. Yeah, like I mean, there is in this gun, episode. Gun action. Mm. And so, yeah, he's definitely like comic relief throughout I think deliberately yeah, yeah. To, and, and, and provides a lot of the funniest but I enjoyed I enjoyed the big mix sequences the most yeah okay. uh, and there is a, there is an incident in the prison all of that is done very very well uh, I thought it, again it was there's a, there's a shall we say a speech I think it's fair to say there's a speech in prison that I thought was hilarious especially the aftermath of that speech the immediate kind of like debriefing on yeah. that speech mm-hmm. I thought was very very funny again I didn't actually laugh but I smiled on the inside because That's I found it amusing which is all you can yeah. really hope for but uh, yeah I, it's not for me but uh, I, I recognise that there there is some, there's that definitely something there. That's a win. 
Yes, there you go. definitely. <laughs> Take the win, as they say. <laughs> Take the win. Maybe I'm growing as a person, but also maybe not. Uh, so not the curse, <laughs> let's not get carried away. The curse then, which lands today on no, Monday the 24th. It does no, not, it says Thursday Boyd. Thursday the 27th. Are you sure? Yes. Because see, Boydie, I'm looking at the calendar right yeah, it here. Changed, oh, it changed. Here I'm is... looking at the calendar right here where you put <laughs> it. Oh, a little bit of a dig Where there, you put little it. Bit. <laughs> a subtle dig. And you mm. have it down from it Monday the 24th. It had not been confirmed what date it was. I'm putting it the week commencing. It's on Thursday. Thursday the 27th and it'll be it's in a double bill from 10 o'clock right, right. and the whole series will be available on the all four uh, streaming service. So you well. defrauded the calendar is what we're saying. Okay, <laughs> fine. Defrauded good the calendar. It should have been defrauded the calendar. Good, oh, very yeah. good. Defrauded yeah. the calendar. That's You've a defrauded phrase. defrauded the calendar. That is a phrase. Right. And a half. It's on Thursday. The curse. Next up, we have Sam a Saxon on Disney+. Plus. Now, going by this show's title, you might be forgiven for thinking it was a Last Kingdom spin-off in which a Saxon man of Wessex called Sam takes a stand against the Danes, possibly assisted by Uhtred of Bebenberg. But you would be, frankly, mistaken because... This is the second show to have been missold to me this week. Now, he's choking. Because this is, in fact, a German language drama telling the true story of Sam Mefira, a man struggling against the racism and oppression in East Germany before the wall came down. Isn't that right? Now, Kay, mm. as our foreign language correspondent, <laughs> was haben Sie gedacht? <laughs> oh, very good. Oh, sehr gut. <laughs> so. I also had no clue. What, I didn't research. I never. I never really look into anything. We're this, is, this, do. Is the, just, this is the work ethic of the K. Yeah, Ribeiro here. This yeah. is the kind of no, the but, time and effort she puts into this podcast. No, because I, I'm trying to be the the people on the ground, an element of that, and like the when, Vox Populi. Yeah, well, because when I'm watching TV, like when anyone's watching TV, I, you don't do a lot of in depth research. Sometimes you just happen upon stuff. So I'm well, happy. <laughs> I, I don't happen upon anything. <laughs> no, well, no. I think there's an, a nice element of some surprise sometimes. Which I mean, this time around, I sort of maybe wish I had done a bit. Of research because yeah as you said I thought it was going to be something completely different um, and I wasn't expecting it to be this uh, as you say incredible true story of a Germany's first black policeman I found it it was good it was a good drama it was uh, <laughs> I found it difficult in places because obviously uh, the, the main character is subjected to a lot of racial abuse mm. and you know that is just depicting what was true at the time and even now. And it's quite it, shocking. Yeah, it is quite it, shocking. I found it quite brutal in Because places. of the era in, and the place in which yeah, it's set. I mean, it is pretty full on. Yeah. And I, and I was wincing a lot and I found, and I struggled in places, but it is, it is great. And the fact that it's based on true life, which I had no knowledge of, it made it even more fascinating to me. So I thought it was good. Would I, I watch any more? No. No. Yeah. <laughs> it's the truth of it. Also, also, it starts with a cold open, like a, like a, a and then. Yeah. I don't know when that was set because I look. I went back and looked. It's like did it? It didn't have a seven years earlier, fifteen no, it years didn't. earlier, did no. it? And yet it clearly takes place a long time in the future, future past, yeah, yeah, yeah. Future. Oh, future, 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 yeah. yeah. But Present I was, future. I was really thrown by, th and then you don't return to it in the first episode, no. so I'm still no clearer as to what the know, prologue was you about. Know, by the end, you know that that was then the future because of... Okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, that was my assumption. Yeah, there yeah, was yeah. a German bit of subtitle action before I switched on the right subtitles. Yes, because it um, came with the subtitles yeah. disabled. I think it just was, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think it, think it might have been said, a... It was based on this true story, but some... Uh, it didn't say when it, the first scene was set. Well, I also had the difficulty. Sometimes earlier. I might have missed that. I think yes. it might have been a year's earlier. Okay. Um, uh, what's, it, what's they call it? On-screen announcements. <laughs> 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 or whatever. I thought it was really interesting because, interesting, yeah. yeah, I think it was fascinating because um, we should say, by the way, that um, that main character is played by Malik Bauer, 
um, the title role of, and who's a real, it was a real, based on truth, based yes. on a real thing, as we said. I know we said that. We have know, said I that. I know. Both but of that, us. <laughs> I know, but I'm not saying, it's, but I'm saying that it invests it with much more power. Than yeah, that's it what I'm done. saying. Once yeah, I found as, out, I was yeah. like, oh, wow. Okay. But I thought it was fascinating. And, it, and, and, and the way it shows that he, there's all the different levels of racism. So there's literally being attacked by a bunch of white thugs, white fascist racist thugs happens while he's playing football. He wants to be a footballer, by the way, at the beginning, rather than that. He doesn't think of becoming any kind of law enforcement person. You see that level of racism. And then you see the kind of more subtle version of racism where this kind of liberal, radical figure won't let him speak in this big meeting. And I thought that was really clever that, you know, all, all different levels and types of racism, are just, and it all kind of adds up to a kind of, you know, hellish existence for this young guy. Yeah, he kind of... He, he tries know, to explain to his girlfriend. He can't escape she, it, and also yeah. that he's just had a child with her, and the, right. the mother-in-law makes it very clear, like, the life of your child is going to be very different. Exactly, yeah. It's really, you know, I thought, and, and for a, you know, I think it's really important and interesting for this a German drama to tackle the subject of racism so head-on and do it in a way that I think probably is, you know, is as good as anything that I've seen tackling very specifically uh, racism uh, in this way. So I thought it was, I, mean, I thought it was really impressive. I know what you mean. It's not quite, it's, it's so, I was not what I was expecting at all. I was really expecting a kind of police procedural of some kind, maybe, or, a, you know, bit, or a crime drama. It's really a kind of character driven drama about him and his extraordinary life mm-hmm. and how he ended up, you know, doing this extraordinary thing. Um, so it was not what I expected, but because it isn't plot driven, I felt, but I thought it needed something more to drive us to carry on watching it yeah. rather because yes. you're really just in, he is very enduring good, though, his experience. Yeah. And it has, it, I mean, it's quite dour. Like yeah. it's, it's not, it, there's a sort of a slightly oppressive air Relentless. about the whole show. So I think when I got to the end of it, there was a part of me that was like, and breathe, you know, yeah, and I, I felt like I would have had to have psyched myself up to dive back into it. Yeah. How'd you get on with the subtitles? Uh, well, once I realised that there were subtitles I could turn on, I was a lot happier <laughs> because frankly, it's been a long time since I've done, you know, GCSE and then a bit of A level German, uh, and I wasn't up to it. I did full A level German. Did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Why did you switch the subtitles on? Oh, because well, I can't remember any of it. Können Sie mir ein anderes Hotel empfehlen, bitte? So wow, I, show even, off. I mean, yeah, yeah, I couldn't even do that. A oh, couple of observations I had though before we finish is that did you think the music was weird? Like, do you remember in the like some grandiose, massive, like operatic <laughs> orchestral banging and rock? Thing. I it didn't was a notice lot of that. I noticed some urban on. music, which I appreciate, and urban music, right? As well. I thought All that kinds. was well done. Though. I like that yeah, where, where that was used in that and, particular. I think it has one of the shortest title sequences I've ever seen. It quite, remember, it's quite, it's quite a stylized kind of like th- a title sequence that arrives after that cold open that yes. with the mysteriously set <laughs> cold open, and then it has this like quite stylish and well done title sequence. But literally, it's like ten seconds, and then you're back. It's really weird. So anyway, those are my two observations of strange things happening. And and it's badly titled, isn't it? As well, Sam, a Sam, Saxon. Oh, a Saxon, God, no, yeah. terrible title. Uh, it's translated though. Like it's, I think it probably sa- it probably slides off the tongue in German. Go and try. I, don't I, don't, know I can't does. remember what the title is in <laughs> I German. Don't know if it does. But I imagine it's it's you know better. Yeah. Maybe not. Bitter. Bitter. <laughs> it may be bitter. Yes, indeed. Well, Sam, a Saxon then comes to Disney Plus on Wednesday, the twenty sixth of this month. Unless Boyd has been in there moving things around again. No, that's uh, correct. It's has on it Wednesday. Got hotter in here. It's definitely not got colder. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is very warm in this room it at is, this moment. It's sehr, sehr warm. It's, 
god, it's wow. Hard. It's harder than the Costa del Sol. It's a heist. heist. Yes, there we go. There we yeah, go. It's, 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 yeah. So, Boydie, when you did A Level German, did yeah. you just do that? You just spoke English with a German accent. Is that how Pretty you got yeah. it? I got, do you know the funny thing is, I got an A in my oral exam as well. Did you? Yeah, yeah. So, I must go, have been able yeah, to speak German. Ich quite bin well. German. Yeah. What did you get in your A levels? I bet you, like, A levels. Oh, A levels. What did I you did get? German, B, but I got an A for the oral. Yeah. History, A, English, A, and art, I did as well. So, I got like a D, but I, oh. I just did You're it not as very a sideline. No, I really love doing art, but I just did it as a sideline. You, know, you had a sideline in art. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Side hustle. Right. That was Sam and Saxon. Let's move on to the last review of this week. And we have the return of Inside Number 9, uh, which I guess you all know by now, but this sees Reese Shearsmith and Steve Pemberton blending comedy, horror, and all the nines. Having thrown integrity to the wind already this week by leading on a show that he'd not only done a review for, but actually fucking been in. Uh, there's really no reason to stop now, I would say. So, Boydy, compromised as you undoubtedly are, tell us about the new season of Inside Number 9. Well, James, this is the eighth, believe it or not, season of Inside Number 9. So this nine. is Inside Number 8. Uh, yeah. Uh, they're doing one more series. Well, because nine, oh, nine, it kind of, nine. yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah. it writes itself, doesn't exactly. it? Exactly. <laughs> um, so this is the 45th and 46th episodes, Ooh. right, which I think is absolutely Amazing. Well, fair play to them. Yeah, this, I they mean, come up with a different story yeah. every single fucking different week. Different characters, different characters, different yeah. casts, a different setting that's number nine related. Yeah, um, all of this, and it's an amazing achievement. I think that's why I, I was really, I think I was really happy that we got them to talk to them on the podcast and they're reviewing these first couple of episodes because I think it's an incredible achievement. And remember, they started doing this ten years ago. Before and that in that back then there was no great fashion for doing different stories every week. Yeah. Things franchise, not it's not the right word, is it? Uh, so, anthology, anthology type shows. Thank you. Told you my brain is addled because of the heat, even more than usual. Um, there was no great fashion for doing anthology type shows like this because it's quite expensive as well to do a different, complete different thing every week. So it was a big ambitious thing for them to do this, and um, and it's ended up going off for eight series and that many episodes. It's just fantastic. So. I think it's a massive treat every year. I'm a huge fan of the show. I think it's, there have been some of the episodes. There was a Halloween episode, which was in fantastically postmodern and self-referential and, and clever that people, that basically was like a huge joke played on the viewing public, basically, and it was incredible. They've did, done a couple of Christmas episodes that were brilliant. Officially, the first episode of this season was the Christmas episode that went out of Christmas on 2022. Um, so there's five more episodes in this run because that was officially the first episode of this series. The first one, Mother's Ruin, that arrives um, this week is all about a couple of East End villains. It, it's kind of like EastEnders, it's like the most bizarre, sick and twisted episode of EastEnders you've ever seen with a bit of necromancy thrown in with Phil Daniels and Anita Dobson. Dobbo. Dobbo. And one of the most amazing things about this episode is, and I refer to this quite a lot in the interview um, with Stephen Reese, is there's a, there's viol there's an act of violence that's really one of the most gory things I've seen of anything on TV for ages. And they're like, "Yep, yeah, we went, we fully went for it." Um, because normally, when you see that kind of thing, as I said again in the interview, I'm repeating myself. Apologies, listeners. You, you know, you cut away yeah. from the thing, but they don't cut away without saying any more. I thought, and that episode is like full of twists and turns. And the great thing about the show is pretty much almost every single episode, again, of the 45, 46 episodes, have not only one twist, sometimes two, three twists within the half hour telling of the story. So um, I really enjoyed that first one, but I absolutely loved the second episode, which mm. I kind of asked, I insisted that everyone watches the second episode because you showed that, oh, James didn't, did you? You <gasps> bastard. <laughs> James, you should have you done. You should have done. Because yeah. the contrast between... So these these stories, one of the things, they're kind of comedy, thriller, horror. Yeah. That's the thing. It's yeah. not just comedy. And death 
It's very much dark regularly humor. around the corner. I mean, the darkest of dark humor. But they also do, they, the, the tone can vary between the very dark violence of that first episode and the farcical nature of the slapstick nature of this second episode, which is called, I'm trying to get this right, Parascavida Catriophobia, which is the actual thing of fear of Friday the 13th, which the main character played by Rishio Smith has in the show. And he gets up one morning and he has a whole ritual of trying to avoid uh, getting in trouble because of Friday the 13th. And it's all the kind of rituals, all the things that consider bad luck um, are, play, are coming to play. It's I thought it was brilliantly done, the second episode. I, loved, I really liked the first episode, but the second episode, I think, it was just a half hour of joy. It's just funny slapstick, the slapstick brilliantly timed. Um, lots of little, again, lots of surprises and twists of the most joyous nature. So but I just think these two episodes show all the different extremes, the two kind of extremes totally of the show. Totally very different, yeah. Totally very different. But I, it's kind of summing up what I love about the show. I agree, actually, because I, you, you did, see, I listened to Boyd <laughs> and I watched both episodes. And the first one, I enjoyed it, but I was like, as you say, it's quite violent in place. I mean, you know, it's good, but I wasn't, and then I watched uh, the second episode, and I I found that like I found that much uh, to my taste and funnier, and I really like the cameo. I won't ruin it, but there's a cameo. There's a cameo. There's a real person playing himself. Yeah, which is very good. And um, and I just think for me, the last five minutes brought the whole thing together. Yeah, and uh, delivered the the punchline. You know, the whole punchline thing, and with a great cameo. So. It's impl- it's impressive in the same way that Black Mirror is impressive in that they come up with these incredible ideas based kind of loosely around a common theme, but covering this vast spectrum of different topics and tones and ideas. Uh, and I I I, it's, I have huge respect for the amount of creativity that goes into this because again, like much as I prefer an ongoing serialized story. I'm not saying that's an easy thing to do, but I, I think it's a lot easier to continue an idea and to build on characters and to start from scratch every single week, yeah. which is an incredible achievement. That said, it's not for me because <laughs> I don't like anthology series for exactly that reason. But I watched it. I was like, you know, these guys are incredibly talented. Like, it's it's very yeah. impressive stuff. But I, I, there's a frustration for me in starting again every week. Like, it just <laughs> it just bugs me. I need something that I'm... I just have an issue. Yeah. With that. There's about two types of show James likes. Basically. <laughs> yeah, That's what we have to grapple with. He just with. wants to watch yeah. Star Trek. Yeah. There's <laughs> all kinds of formats of shows, really. Yes. Oh, well, you know, but it's it's imp- it is impressive. This, bear in mind, this is the second ever episode of this I've seen. The only other one I watched was Bloody the one hell. where David Morrissey is the referee. Do you yes. Remember this from a couple? And that yes. that was genius. That's fantastic. One of my just, favorite but, episodes. Yeah. yeah, but it was so intricately put together, yeah. and when it all falls together at the end yeah. of the episode, you're like, that's amazing. And you know what? That episode, funny enough, has the I think the best inside, the inside number, number nine, nine yes. of setting ever. Yeah, that's amazing. It and I'm not going to spoil it for anyone because it it's amazing. all on the iPlayer. Go and watch it. It's oh, absolutely which phenomenal. Series, which series? I think we're looking two at... Two ago, maybe? Yeah, oh, okay. it is. Oh, is there something else? Is, do they always have like a... Series it? 5, Kate. Kate, the referees are wankers in the yeah. episode. <laughs> um, do they have like a, a model of something that's always in the... Yes. What is it? Yes, there is a model. Is it a rabbit, I think? Something, um, or is it a yes, duck? Or, I don't know, something. I, I saw yeah, I something. Know. And there's a, a door normally with a number nine on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, there's a there's a mention of... There's a, there's always some kind of figurine in the background, yeah, apparently. So, and just, yeah, that's yeah. true. Inside number nine, then. The eighth season of Inside number nine, which is on BBC Two, starting this Thursday, the 27th. Please say at 9pm. No, 10 p.m. Oh, they missed a trick. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> Control is sorted out. Very good. Uh, now, there were a number of other things on this week. Now, there we did a couple of returning shows this week. And the main reason was I suggested a new show 
was coming, which was called Will Trent on Disney Plus, to which Boyd responded, isn't that just a tedious procedural? <laughs> <laughs> and so we didn't do it because it looked like a tedious procedural. But listeners, it's a tedious Once procedural again, and it's on Disney Plus. Exposing the secrets of the WhatsApp group. Yeah. Not only is it, a, a, do you know what? Someone messaged me saying it's a much well above average procedural. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. So, I, so I, not I a confess, tedious procedural. I confess I have not watched it. One of the other reasons we ended up not doing it is because Disney brought forward, brought it forward and it's already, it already landed on there. Yeah, Did it? Really, yes. It was oh, so I did this in, in I mentioned this in the... It was very the... embarrassing because I requested yeah. it and the lovely lady at Disney was like, <laughs> uh, uh, it's, already on. it's already up. And I was like, oh, okay. Oh, so they pull it forward. So I it's did, actually I already I did out. mention this in the... I mean, I don't listen. The, of course you I'll read the messages. Yeah. No. Uh, he put it on the grid. <laughs> yeah. Okay, fine. But yeah, what? that is... Uh, Will Trent is on... It's all on Disney Plus yeah, now. It's yeah, all, it's all on so there now. So you enjoy that. It's supposed um, to be based on, based on the Karen Slaughter books. And I've yes. actually read one of those Karen Slaughter books and she is very good. Well, this is the thing because that's why initially... Simon May I think so, yeah. Oh my God. I was... This why initially appealed to me because I... I rather mm. like those, you know, those crime detective novels where they adapt them. I like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is I, a procedural good. though. You know. Uh, right, and also Sweet, Sweet Tooth. Tooth. Netflix's Sweet Tooth yeah. about the little antler person. Uh, <laughs> that's on That's on the 27th. That returns on the 27th. On Friday of this week, the 28th, Citadel <gasps> comes to Prime yes. Video. Now, this is the second most expensive TV show ever made with a reported budget of $300 million. Behind what? The Crown? Behind Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power, also on Amazon. Oh, right. right. Uh, now, another show that didn't do that well. <laughs> steady. Now, we can't talk about Citadel because it's embargoed until this Thursday. So we are going to be covering Citadel on this week's Pilot Plus. That is the only time we can cover it. We have no choice. Uh, so if you do not already subscribe to Pilot Plus, it is only $1.99 yeah, a on, month, guys. which is the cost <laughs> of a can of Coke at Itsu. And I genuinely think <laughs> better value. Itzu at the so, because he's obsessed. Are we sponsored by it? No, Not that I'm aware of. We should, yeah. I was thinking about this. We should yeah. be sponsored I mean, by James Itsu. effectively or, is sponsored by it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's 90%, <laughs> his body's 90% mm. Itsu right now. Or we should be sponsored by a gourmet hamburger place. Okay, you'll get your gourmet burger kitchen. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Perhaps. let's okay. get on it. All right, let's see what we can do. Um, uh, but yeah, so 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 do subscribe. EmpireOnline.com slash Pilot TV. You can find out how there, but it's well worth your money. Come join us over there. Come join us. Like James sometimes doesn't do a script. Yeah, and we- you can you can hear me bang on about Picard without either of these guys because they weren't invited. I mean, it's gonna be great. Perfect. It's gonna be great. There's uh, also yeah, so that's Citadel, oh, yeah. and we'll be covering that on Citadel. Thursday. Yeah, there's also Guilt, the third and final series of the excellent BBC Two uh, thriller series starring Mark Bonner and Jamie Sives as brothers who get embroiled in lots of bad stuff. Uh, it's a really good show. Uh, that's on BBC Thursday, the twenty seventh, nine o'clock, and La Brea. The uh, Paramount Plus kind of sinkhole in the past time oh, travel no. thing. No, Do you remember you. La Brea that we've never reviewed? Actually, we've never reviewed it. It yeah. sounds up my alley. Yeah, I, I was think just it about is to up say this alley. is very back. James show. This is season two, part two. Oh, arrives really? On Paramount on Thursday as well. And I don't remember hearing that part one was arriving, so that is quite confusing. But oh. it is James, you got to get on, that. get down that sinkhole. I do. I need to. I need it's to get It's a very you sounding show. Dalgleish is back. Second series of that. Do you remember the, which is another police procedural based on the P.D. James books. Uh, Bertie Carvel playing uh, Detective Chief and Detective Adam Dalgleish. There's two episodes per week starting on Thursday on Channel Five at nine o'clock. I might have not finished yet. I think I might have finished. Yes, yeah, so that might be it. Okay, that's it. Do we have a pick of the week this week? Oh, let me look at the list. The it's... curse slash insert number nine. Uh, mine's the curse. I. <laughs> you like Big Mick? Come on. Might Big... go to the cinema this week. No, <laughs> come on, you've got to choose no, but, one. But, but there was. I would say there, there was. 
James, yeah. James. There was nothing for me this week. No, 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 no. no. What a That's week. not the deal. The guy said, the listener said, we have to agree. Can I say the diplomat? Can I make the diplomat my big No, because no, I love you. that tweet. No, you can't. Don't be a dick. <laughs> you, you liked Mick. Big Mick energy. Okay. Come on. Okay. Well, then I suppose then I, I that must be my choice. Great. We've bullied him into it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. I think that's it then for this week's show. Do please go on to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five yes. big Mick rating. Uh, we are on the social medias at Kay Rivera, at Boyd Hilton, and at James C. Dyer. And of course, at Pilot TV Pod, you can find us there as well. We'll be back next week on Monday when Joe Russo, one half of the Russo brothers, will be on to talk about Citadel. Uh, other things that are on that week, Fatal Attraction, I think, comes yes. out that week on Paramount+. Plus. A Small Light comes from National Geographic. Yes. Queen Charlotte, yes. the Bridgeton spin-off, comes to Netflix. I've Star Wars it. Visions returns uh, on Disney+. Plus. Black Ops, okay. Oh yeah, Black Jay, Ops is that week. Silo, obviously, is oh, that week as well. Do. It's oh. a busy week. We're gonna it's have gonna a be fight. A big it's a busy week. Yeah. It's also the coronation of His Majesty King Charles the uh, Third. I and, think that's embargoed. <laughs> and that's embargoed. <laughs> yeah. And crucially, a bank holiday. So a good week all round. Oh. I'm saying. Does that mean yeah. we're not doing a pod then? No, I mean, well, the pod will go up on Monday. We will record it beforehand. It will be fine. I'm glad we're having fine. this. Uh, yeah, the production discussion at the end of the podcast. Anyway, I think we're done. See you next week. Pilot out. <laughs> <laughs>